The red carpet is laid down, the tuxes and limos rented, and the bars at the after parties are fully stocked. It's Oscar time, and on this supersized episode of View the Right Thing, Wes, Steve, and Izzy bet on red and give you their takes on what to expect at Hollywood's biggest night of the year. And now, from sunny Southern California, it's time for a special Oscar episode of View the Right Thing. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hey, welcome back to another yes, episode welcome. of this Indiana Jones. Oh. Whoa, your own wife, dude. <laughs> your own wife. We Wait, made it. That's not what it's called. Every episode of this year, I've played ball and even I have said view the right thing and your own <laughs> Goodly wife threw you a curveball. I'm sorry. I thought I could. I thought I could count on you. I'm sorry to everybody involved. <laughs> Clearly, I can't count on you. Um, if this is your first time listening to View the Right Thing, go back and listen to every other episode where I pester Wes by pretending to think that the title of the show is Indiana Jaws. Indiana Jaws is our mascot. Our mascot. Yeah, you can see on the cover the cover photo on our Facebook page. It's pretty cool. I should Instagram that again. I feel like it's been a while since we've sent that around. Sure. Yeah, probably. It's been a while. So it's been a couple weeks since the diner episode. Yeah. And uh, sure has. It's it's Oscar time. Gosh, it is, isn't it? It is. Wasn't it just New Year's Day? I like how you say that. Like I'm su- I'm surprising you with that news. Because I'm you know unstuck. We're talking about I'm unstuck in, in time, Wes. Yeah, unstuck. I'm Billy Pilgrim <laughs> over here. Uh, okay. It was just 1981. It's still 1999. It's also 2017. But don't worry, because it's 2096. That's where I am every day of my life. I worry about you. Every sometimes. day of my life, Wes. Don't worry. Be happy. Right. The hit song. Sure. Yeah. Bobby McFerrin over there. <laughs> Okay, Walt's Walt's trying to get in on the podcast. Aww, uh, Des, how you doing? I'm I'm good. You haven't been on the podcast in a while. I have not. It's been quite a while. Well, what what episode were you on? Do you remember? Uh, yes. Um, how could you forget the one with pirates? The one, <laughs> one with pirates. Uh, Mutiny uh, on the Bounty. Yes, Mutiny on the Bounty. Mutiny oh. on the Bounty. What was the other uh, other movie with that? You think? Gosh, that uh, was so long ago. It was a long time ago. God, I don't know. Did we do two movies? I can't even Way remember. back in season one. Yeah. I think we watched Mutiny on the Bounty and heck, I don't know. I could look in my phone. Nah, that's okay. But where's the fun in that? Yeah. This is, I guess this would be considered season three. Whoa, really? Yeah. I mean. Whoa. We've had, we've had two Christmases, basically. Ain't that the truth. So we, we did some stuff in 2015. We did some stuff in 2016 and now it's 2017. Wow, season three of View the Right Thing. There will be no season four because we'll all be dead. Well, wait, what? Trump's America. Oh, gosh. I'm just teasing. Man, we're not we, getting, have, we to bring it down, Wes. We're not getting political, really. I'm just teasing. Um, oh, man. Uh, we, we we plan to be just A-OK. Yeah. yeah. As, as Nick Fury said, well, I forget. That line about the Nick, world that, spinning on. <laughs> that line from Nick Fury that said... I'm moving to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> um, Is the sun coming up? All right. Um, where where are we first? Uh, so I, I guess the question is, uh, well, I mean, has anybody seen any trailers they want to talk about? 
Technically, yes, but you shot me down before we started recording and said it was just a TV spot. It was just a TV spot, and we've just talked about the trailer. But now this is a new one. It's not. uh, Okay. For Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Anyways, I did tell you you could talk about a different one that was a TV spot. Oh, yeah. That was a real TV spot. Yeah, we're talking about the Duffer Brothers and Netflix coming at you with Stranger Things Season 2. Yeah. Even stranger things when the kids watch Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's what you got out of it. <laughs> yep. Is that it? The that's kids... all you wanted to say about Stranger Things season two? Well, we have to wait until Halloween yeah. to watch how, it. How brutal is that? Yeah, Very forever brutal. away. Yeah. Very brutal. They gave us a summertime last time. Yeah, and what they did well with Stranger Things season one was they, you know, advertised it a little, but it was like. Oh, I don't know what that is. So when it shows up, I'll watch it. And now that I know how good it is and that I've got to wait so very long for season two to get here, it just, it hurts is what it does. Yeah. What am I supposed to do without Carabono for all these months? It's kind of like them going, hey, Game of Thrones is going to be delayed by several months. Yeah. Well, Game of Thrones can F off already. Whoa. Yeah, I said it. (laughs) It needs to end already. I love it. It's absolutely a great show. But end it because it's it's just it's, homework now. It's going to. It's just a homework now. I've probably gonna, I've probably been over this. You need to just calm down. <laughs> uh, Des, how about you? Any trailers? Uh, yes. What'd you see? Uh, I saw the trailer for uh, Cure for Wellness. Oh, Dane DeHaan. Yeah. And it looks really cool. I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> it looks super like. Sci-fi. Do you want to know what it's about, or do you just no. want to go in not knowing anything? No, I kind of like. Because I, I mean, there's like, a trailer that actually explains what the whole movie's about. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, I think I might have seen that at some point, but I kind of forgot. So if you tell me now, I'm just going to forget again before it comes. That's out. all right. Let's just keep it a mystery then. But it looks really beautiful. It does look beautiful, and that excites me. Gore Verbinski. There's also Gore really Verbinski. funny um, Spotify commercial for it right now. Oh, oh yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, it's all like twelve months ago, last you know this time last year, you made a promise to eat better, visit your friends more, and all this you know it's like talking about like New Year's resolutions basically. Yeah, and yeah. it's like this year take the cure for wellness. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like it's like an That's ad awesome. for for their services kind of, Scary. and then it's like available in theaters blah 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 oh, that's cool <laughs> yeah it's pretty Ooh. funny when does that come out is when it think- february i want to say 12th now is it true that that movie is secretly matrix part four <laughs> i hope not because that's what i just made up uh, i'm trying to see what when it comes out what the release date is on it didn't we see uh what did i see some cool trailers 146 minutes Oh, I went to a midnight screening and saw cool trailers of that. Oh, February seventeenth. February seventeenth. That's so soon. It is very soon. It's coming up. What? Uh, so, what did you say you just saw? I went to a midnight screening of, of True Romance. Oh yeah, you guys got into that. We managed to I'm, get in. No, there was um, a question about whether or not you guys would get in. Yeah, they they had sold out weeks in advance, but they said the night of the show, maybe an hour before the show, maybe fifteen minutes before the show. We're going to open the box office with 100 tickets. So take your chances. So we took our chances. Um, we ate at Baba Ganoush right next door to the New Beverly Cinema. Did you eat Baba Ganoush? 
No, I ate some sort of a wrap. I think I ate a chicken wrap. Oh, no, it was called the King Tut Wrap, and it was delicious. It had falafel in it, among other I things. I like falafel. I do, too. And so we stood in line, and we stood in line, and we stood in line, and then they opened the theater, I think just about 15 minutes, maybe even later, like tighter towards showtime. Got our tickets. Only $8, which is killer. Yeah, that's awesome. Got primo seats. Third row from the front, but at the New Beverly, the screen is small enough. They'd even third row from the front, and it's also far enough from the front row. So third row from the front, you're you're in prime mm-hmm. prime territory. Does Tarantino own that theater? He does, as far as yeah, I know. Yeah, because I've, um, I've heard people say that that's Tarantino's theater, and I yeah. was like, does he own it, or does is it just like he does a lot of stuff there? I'm pretty sure he owns it. Also, I remember the um, the guy who introduced the movie then pointed out like some other events, and then he said, from now, you know, for a while. Fridays at midnight are pretty much going to be the boss's night. So if it's a Friday at midnight, we're screening a Tarantino movie. Come on and give it a try. So that was cool. But they played trailers for The Hunger, starring David Bowie and Susan Sarandon and Catherine Deneuve. And uh, and these are, you know, classic trailers that they're whipping out for this thing. Yeah. They played trailers for uh, Days of Thunder, which kind of rhymes with The Hunger. Yeah. With, uh, you know, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman and Bobby Duval. Who did the music in that? Was somebody... Excuse me, I burped a did little. It, did, I think, a, did a band do music? I think there? it was Hans Zimmer. Oh, was it Hans Zimmer? I think so. For some reason, I thought a band did a lot of music in it. I forget exactly. Days of Thunder. Who did the music? Ah, uh, we'll look it up. Yeah. And then... Uh, I have it on my iPod somewhere. I forget what other trailer. I'm pretty sure it was... Um, they played... That famous band, uh, The Archies. The Archies! <laughs> Thunder, bum, 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 bum. Oh, days of thunder. You are my, my gasoline girl. Oh, gasoline girl. That would be so much better. I like it. Um, so I saw those old trailers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've seen any other really new trailers. I still want to talk about a trailer for my friend's movie that I'm not allowed to talk about at all. But not it's yet. awesome. And as soon as I can show it to you, I will. Yeah. Everybody out there, I can't tell you the title of the movie. I can't tell you what the trailer's about. So you're just going to have to wait. Yeah. Patiently. I want to see a trailer for the movie that you shot last uh, couple months ago. A couple months ago. Oh, Ice? Yeah, I'd like to see a trailer for that. Man, I would too. Um, Ice is doing an Indiegogo. I think it's Indiegogo.com slash Ice the movie. When's it end? Indiegogo. That I don't know for sure. But I'll, I'll look while you're talking. Talk the bottom it. line is it's in full effect right now. Uh, donate to the Indiegogo. You can also shop for some pretty cool Ice the Movie merch. We're talking like, you know, a jacket, a headband, a hat, that sort of thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Support Ice the Movie. Yeah. It's a figure skating movie. Figure skaters wear a lot of headbands. You know, okay. they got to keep All their right. forehead cold right. or warm, but still let their hair whip around. You know what I mean? See, yeah. now, that mm-hmm. I, now that he says that, don't you really want to see... Steve in a figure skating movie? I yes, sure do. So 100%. it's a figure skating movie that I am, uh, I guess you could say, a supporting character in. I, he, I think Steve I'm very supportive. I wish, ice. man. I wish. <laughs> so that's exciting. Yeah, look for Ice the Movie and check out Indiegogo.com slash Ice the Movie. I tried that. I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, that didn't work? Yeah. Um, it, uh, so then I just did a search for Ice the Movie, and the very first thing it brought up was an ice maker. I'll say it not the same thing isn't going well Steve well you know what I'll find the Um, link and I'll tweet it and I'll tag VTRT in it so that our viewsters will see that I'm gonna try slash ice I have to sniffle real bad oh no he's sniffling again you guys 
I always have to sniffle. When a microphone gets in front of my face, I just have to sniffle. Oh, thank you, Des. Ice the Desi Desi gave me Walt the dog to wipe my nose on. Yeah, he's, he's really good for that. I know. He barks at noises in the hallway. He doesn't bark at a grown man wiping his nose on his fur. The page care. you were looking for is no longer available or has been moved. What? And then I did a search for Ice the Movie. Are you sure it's Indiegogo, not Kickstarter? I'm 99% sure it's Indiegogo. Oh, man. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't see, I don't see it, Maybe man. it expired. Maybe the Indiegogo has run out. Yeah, but usually the, the pages stay there. I would think so. All right. Well, any- I'll do a search for it. You talk about the trailers you've seen. Uh, I haven't really seen any trailers lately. Um, Nunsies? I'm trying to think. I've been trying to think of one. Um, there was something I... A memory was sparked. I was um, flipping through some box art, yeah, and uh, and saw a picture of Amanda Seyfried, and I remembered that there's a movie coming out with her and Shirley MacLaine that I thought looked really good, where she plays an obituary writer. Oh yes, Uh, it's like the name of the woman in the movie is like the movie title. Shirley MacLaine as a writer of obituaries. No, 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 no. Amanda Seyfried is the writer of, of obituaries, and she's. Uh, Shirley MacLaine's this like hard ass teacher who um, uh, is getting older. I don't, I can't remember if they say she's if her doctor tells her she's dying or not, but um, she doesn't let anybody do anything on their own. She always like dictates what oh. everything is. So she decides she's going to dictate her own obituary. Wow. Um, so she's a control freak. Yeah. Yeah. So Amanda Seyfried like goes on this quest to like find people to, you know tell stories or whatever to put in her obituary and they're all like yeah i hate that lady yeah and i thought it looked great it did look really great it's oh i found it she's in twin peaks who is amanda sinfried in the new twin peaks that's coming up yeah oh man maybe you shouldn't be telling people that oops spoiler Twin peaks is supposed to be mysterious at all times all right i found ice the movie so it's indiegogo.com slash projects slash ice hyphen the hyphen movie Give that a whirl, and that should get you there, mon frere. All right, I'm still trying to figure this out. Uh-oh. I don't think it was Should this we talk about how Marvel movie? just announced they're making a Midnight Sun movie? Uh, no, Midnight Sun movie. <laughs> uh, apparently, she's in a movie called The Clapper with Alan Thicke playing Alan Thicke. <gasps> Rest in peace. Is that with Ed Helms? Yeah. The Clapper. Let's see. I gotta look that She's up. In a too. movie about Carl Rove. Carl Rove. Yeah. Really. Um, I'm not finding this. What's movie gonna that happen she's there? In. Oh, the last word. Yeah, that's it. It's the called the last, last word, and it comes word. out in theaters March 3rd. And I thought it looked um very sweet, um despite the fact that Anne Hache is in it. I'm just. What do you got against Hache? I'm just kidding, Anne Hache. Uh, it's got Philip Baker Hall, who I love. Tom Everett Scott, who is fantastic. Stephen Culp. Tom Everett Scott from That Thing You Do. From That Thing You Do. Cool. Joel Murray. Joel Murray? Why you know, isn't that ringing a bell? Joel Murray. We've talked about Joel Murray on this podcast Oh, before. yeah. Bill We've Murray's also talked about one Shirley of Bill Murray's on brothers. Before. Well, of course, because of the apartment. But yes. Yeah. I don't That's know who this person is. So, yeah. So, if you haven't seen the trailer for the final or the last word, sorry, the last word, um, you should check it out because it looks pretty cool. Looks real cool. Um, I'll any, say it. Anybody else have anything else to add? Uh, trailers, movie news. I did just see an, a headline saying Paramount put the kibosh on the newest Friday the Thirteenth. I saw that reboot. too. Well, you know they were they were wanting to 
they were aiming for January January 13th this year. Yeah. And obviously, that wasn't going to happen. So then they moved it to um, sometime in the fall. All right. And uh, now it's dead in the water. Aww. As it probably should be, because I don't think they're they're getting the right people to to work on the story. Oh, really? Ideas. Yeah, they need to they need to um, find some fresher talent. I Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Paramount, give me a call. Interesting. Sure, I'll uh, <laughs> I'll 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 get in on a uh, on a Friday the Thirteenth script. I mean, it's about a guy who stalks what uh, several maybe. Maybe a few dozen square miles of forest. So how many stories oh, can there pretty, really be told? Pretty big, but um, uh, and it's the lake is somehow linked to a river that can take you to Manhattan. No, I don't think that's the case. I'm, yeah, it I happens. Mean, I'm pretty sure that's uh, happens in part eight. I thought we already went canon, over this. Steve. I thought in Jason takes <laughs> Manhattan. I thought they drove away from the lake. No, he stays on the boat. Everybody's yeah to some sort of river that. Then that took them to Manhattan. I don't remember. And you know what? I'm not even sure if I want to watch it again to find out. Right. Um, Jason takes Manhattan. For starters, to Paramount. Movies. You got to go back to campers. You got to you got to go back to camp counselors. That's number one. Ah. Number two, you got to have kids in the camp. Yeah. Because there need to be some stakes raised. Nothing gets people like, you know, anxious than children in danger. You know, as awful as that is to say, it's true. It's true. It's true. Um, didn't they do one where the where camp actually was in session? Uh, my favorite, where, Friday the Thirteenth, Part yeah. Six. Jason lives. Is that Part Six? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and the and the kids are there, and like Jason goes into the bunkhouse at one point, mm-hmm. and some poor little girl's awake, but Jason's she's like reading like a book that's like um, yeah, she's not reading Anne Rand, but it's like something heavy like that, you know? Like, yeah, she's the, reading something uh, she shouldn't be reading. Uh, War and Peace, first edition print of uh, the Iliad. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then Jason's just like, I don't kill kids. Yeah, he says that, and then Freddy comes in and that. let's not. Carry on that piece of fiction. That doesn't happen either. That doesn't happen either. Thank goodness. Um, I don't know if there's any other. Freddy's a bad guy. Great, great movie news or anything. Um, uh, well, I mean, we're in. We're right in the thick of Oscar season. Yeah. And there's predictions to be made. There's screenings to be scrunned. Mm-hmm. And we've, you know, we've got a lot to discuss. But first, didn't we watch Charlie Victor Romeo? We did watch Charlie Victor Romeo. That's a heck of a movie. Yeah, so um, if you didn't watch it, shame on you. Um, but also, spoilers. we agreed we weren't going to dive too deep into it. Well, I just mean, yeah, they should. So in a way, we don't really have to spoil anything. No, we're not going to spoil anything. I'm just saying. So watch Charlie Victor Romeo, watch guys. Watch it, yeah. Um, it's good. It's, uh, but for those that didn't, that refused to watch it. Right. Um. Charlie Victor Romeo is a play that's done in New York, and the film is uh, basically just a recording, a, a good, you know, a good recording from different camera angles of, yeah. of the play. They're basically on stage with their normal set and props and wardrobe, and um, they do their play. And, and they the, do it well. The play is uh, six or seven accounts of plane crashes that um, are all transcripts from black box recordings. 
So these crashes really happened, is yeah. what you're telling me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On um, this planet Earth. And all the di- and all the dialogue is from the transcripts except for a couple occasions where um, they needed to like kind of change things because it wasn't clear what was actually being talked about. Oh. Um, like I noticed there was a there was a moment where you can kind of tell too in the performances when something like that happens. Yeah. Uh, there's a a woman pilot and a man pilot, and she keeps talking about overspeed. Hang on, a man pilot? Yeah. Oh, see what I did? Yeah, 2017. You, you flipped it, man. You flipped the script. <laughs> Uh, and she keeps talking about overspeed, and she she says, "It's gone." The overspeed, I mean, it's like I think some things like that were right. Little little because that was the one. Sure. That was the one in Peru, so that yeah. recording probably was not in English originally. And there was one in Japan too. Yeah, because yeah, I remember at yeah. one point before I remembered that that flight was taking place in Japan. The pilot shouted something. The co-pilot said yes, and the pilot said yes isn't the word. And I was like. What? <laughs> who, who would say that to somebody at a time like this? And then I was like, oh, right. These people are speaking a translation of Japanese. Okay. And I think one of them was even speaking Chinese because then there's a part where the guy says, and uh, you can go ahead back to speaking Chinese the whole time because like one character was like struggling. Yeah. Trying to speak Japanese when you could tell Chinese must have been their first, first language. Right. So that was a fun little touch. Yeah. But boy, oh boy, that movie. Um, go to the bathroom before it starts. Because you're not going to want to get out of your seat. And then also get like a really good pillow or something to really squeeze the hell out of for the whole movie. Maybe yeah. not your dog. Definitely not a living thing. No. I'm just saying. Right. Yeah. yeah. You don't, you don't condone don't, dog squeezing. Don't squeeze your dog. Don't squeeze a human. Just, uh, but you are, it's a stressful film. Not as stressful as that other thing we saw. Well, but it, a stressful film. And you, um, you were really like seemed like you were really dreading it before yeah. we started it. Having having being so, I, I guess I, I I wonder if other people also maybe were dreading it. So maybe some of the viewsters haven't watched it because they were worried about the content. Sure. Um what would you say to that? Would you say don't watch it or No. I would say absolutely watch it. It's it like I said, it's stressful, it's intense, but it's not quite as like face ripping offingly intense as i thought it was going to be yeah i think there's um, a couple of things that kind of take you out of it like it doesn't feel as real as like a yeah. cinematic movie yes like, i can agree with you that you know it's it's not like yeah it's not like flight where it's like here's right. what's going on in the cockpit and then here's the people in the screaming in, like, yeah, yeah here's yeah. the people I mean, in the like, seats being all freaked out and now the plane's flipping over and people are being dumped out of their seats and this and that <laughs> right. it's just like this is what's going on in the cockpit 100 percent of the time and this is the whole story just what was on that recording that's yeah. the whole story and the, the, period like, the and that's awesome fairly minimal yeah you oh yeah know? and it's it's very clear that it's not a real airplane. Yeah. And the other thing that, that we kind of talked about afterwards that I think really separates you from it a little bit is that there's no story. There's no Through connecting line. you to the characters right. emotionally before yeah. this bad thing happens. Right. Yeah, you literally just leap into the middle of a story with wherever they decided to start the tape from. Because I'm sure some of those flights had been going for hours before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And some of them are like... On takeoff, some yeah. of them are before they land. Some of them are in the middle of the flight. Yeah, wild, wild, wild idea. 
and pretty great execution. Yeah. Yeah, great, um, great acting. And you saw you saw it with me in the theater, right? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. We originally saw it, and it was in 3D. Um, you can't get it in 3D at home. That's wild. But, um, uh, you know, I think kind of to, like, echo sort of what you were saying about you know it's you don't get all that real that sort of realism that you get in hollywood films where you're seeing all these different elements yeah you're seeing outside or or you're seeing the the passengers and stuff um but they do they do something kind of cool before each each one they show some slides of plane blueprints to kind of give you a little bit of hint about what might be going wrong with the plane they show you what the size of the plane is like one of them shows something about the ice the de-icer on yeah. the on the tail, like a diagram or um, and that was one like of the things that. that went wrong for that those, plane. Uh, those covered port things, yeah. And so then they have the incident. That was a lot of fun, and um, and then it goes to black every time, and you don't necessarily know if people died, mm-hmm. and not not every crash people died, or not every crash everybody died. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I think people died in every crash, but. Um, no, I think that maybe no. the first one. I think I think like, I think four people died on that crash. No, there's yeah, at least one that said no fatalities. No, no fatalities. Oh, you might be right. You so. might be right. Um, but yeah, yeah so so not all of them. You, uh, like afterwards, yeah. Like, this many people that it's usually a lot of people that died. Yeah, yeah usually, but not always. Only like four or none or whatever. Well, sometimes well, I think there's like one where there's like 111 people died, but they're like 400. It was like a huge plane. It was like yeah. 500 and some people. So, oh, um, and I will say this, which is a non-spoiler, mm-hmm. but just so people don't have to worry about it. Um, none of the nine eleven flights are in this, and that's sure. just fine with me. These yeah. are all, I think, pre nineties. I think they're, they're all, all mid nineties or two thousand. I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, think the, I think there's a ninety five ninety. I feel like, yeah, 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 I feel like yeah, the yeah, latest one was ninety five ish. I remember seeing one going. Oh, I was a senior in high school when this was happening, so it would have been ninety five or ninety six. Yeah. Um, uh, I, and I mentioned this to you. Uh, uh, I deny we, that, or when we watched it, after we watched it, maybe um, that uh, when we saw it, we actually were sitting directly behind one of the actors um, who was in it, who was also a producer on the film. Cool. And he had said that one of the things that he thought was interesting was a lot of people say that like before they see it, they don't want to watch it because they they're afraid to fly. Yeah. But after they watch it, they feel better because they can see how hard the pilots yeah. work to save everybody's lives. Yeah, that's That it's cool. not just like, I give up. It's like, we fight until the very end. Yeah. yeah. Looking um, through the flipping through the books for all the different recommendations oh, yeah, and man. all that. All those nutty. binders. Yeah. 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 Like one of them, it Crazy. seems like, like uh, these manuals were maybe new. Like, they were flying a very new plane. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were, like, not even 100% familiar with right how the manual is laid out. Right. So, But they, I mean, you know. Like Still the said, safest way to travel. They work their butts off to make sure that, because, you know, they don't want to die either. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, so, yeah. So, so that's Charlie Victor Romeo? So if you didn't watch it, I hope I hope we encouraged you to watch it by this little chat. Yeah, it's good. Um, I know we're, we're not spending a ton of time on it. It's not the type of film that you can really dissect. Right. It's just f- out there. It's What you see is what you get. There's no... Um, you know, fancy camera angles or or subtext with colors or anything like that. It's it's this is the situation, and we want you to be in this, yeah, and not focused on anything else. So. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. So that takes us to the main event. The main event is the upcoming 
Academy Awards. I don't see a. I don't know what annual eighty seventh. Sure, why not? Sounds uh, about right. It's, don't worry about it. Live <laughs> Oscar Oscars. Sunday. Nobody cares how many Academy Awards have happened. Seven hundred and fifty twelve. Twenty six on ABC. At four four p.m. P- Pacific tonight really? belongs yes, to 4 p.m. Oscar um, seven Eastern. So here's what I'd like to do with this. So I'm gonna I'm going to for the viewsters just preface this with we haven't seen everything on this list. That's Wait, very true. What? Um, hey, but neither of you viewsters. It's don't very judge. very difficult. Yes, but they're not putting out a podcast where they're going to try and predict who's well, going to win. But maybe they should. Um, I I mean I. I let Walt make all my picks. Oh, great. Perfect. So they're going to be I didn't know that was accurate. an option. So I guess my point is we're going to do the best we can. We're going to pick some things. We may not be right. We're, we're, I'm sure we're not going to be right about everything. But um, there may be things where we ha- none of us have seen something. And we're just going to take the best stab that we can. Maybe it's based on a feeling. Maybe it's based on things we've heard. So um, and we'll talk about each of the categories and each of the films and, and what we thought of them. Um I'm gonna. I'd like to do the big one first, and then we'll work from backwards. All right, all right, and not. Ba- I don't mean backwards in order of how they're um, broadcast. Sure, but how our ballots look. I get you. Um, so the the first one I want to talk about is best picture. Best picture. Um, Who's gonna win the Academy Award? And we had talked about Steve that. Uh, not there's not always ten films nominated because it's based on a percentage of votes. Ain't that the truth? And there are only nine this year. Nine, so. which means, yeah, Deadpool was not nominated for best picture. Deadpool was not nom- nominated for best picture, and I actually Boo. feel like it should have been nominated over something that is in here. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. So. Um, the reason why I want to talk about Best Picture first is because since we're going to talk about each of these movies, I feel like this is the best time to like Best Picture is the best time to talk about yeah the films in detail. Makes sense to so, me. So, um, do you guys? Uh, maybe I'll just list off what's what's nominated, and then we can say who we think is going to. Oh, that's the other thing I forgot. So what? I instructed everybody to to vote what they think is going to win. Oh yeah, and if their the thing they wanted to win was different. Right. They should also note what they want to win. So, um, done and done. Best picture, the nominees are Arrival with Amy Adams. Oh, yeah. Fences with Denzel Washington and Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. Hacksaw Ridge with uh, Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield. Thank you. Blanked on his name. I can remember, <laughs> remember his and name. And Vince Vaughn as a and drill sergeant. Vince Vaughn. is a strange choice. And uh, Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. That naked guy. I was going to say uh, the guy from The Matrix. Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving. I'm I'm blanking on names tonight. I'm glad you're here. I do what I can. Yeah. Who, uh, the girl, uh, Teresa Palmer. Teresa Palmer. Um, Hell or High Water with Chris Pine and Jeff Bridges and Ben Foster. Oh yeah. Okay. And Katie Mikeson. Yeah. Ben Foster's Ben Foster shows up on our podcast quite a bit. He's talked he about. He does great work. Yeah. Period. He's not in. He's not always in the best movies, but when he when he's on screen, he's doing good work. I bet Ben Foster has been mentioned on this podcast more than any other actor. I mean, nah, that's probably not true. I think he's been in multiple movies, and we've talked about it other times. Think about how many times. Yeah, I bring up Ryan Reynolds. He's not that often. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Hidden Figures with uh, Taraji P Henson. Oh yes, and, and Janelle Monae and Octavia Spencer. Spencer. Uh, La La Land. Octavia, I'm single. Is all I'm saying. 
<laughs> La La Land with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. The Ling and the Stowe. Stoneling. Um, Lion with Dev Patel and Nicole Kidman. All right. Mm-hmm. right. Ma- Manchester by the Sea with Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck and uh, Michelle, Michelle Williams. Williams and uh, Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler. And Kyle Chandler was great. We'll and Gretchen Mall. And Gretchen Mall. Uh, and then Moonlight with who's in Moonlight? Mahershala Ali. Well, Mahershala, Ma- Mahershala Ali. I was afraid I was going to mess uh, up. And Janelle Monet. Oh yeah, Janelle Monet. I, what I was what I was blanking on were any of the actors that play the young kid, Chiron. Yeah, I don't know their names. I don't know either. their names either. Oh fudge! What do we do? Little Chiron and uh, Black. Right. But we'll get to that um, in a bit. Uh, okay, so those nine movies. Should we talk about each of the films, or should we just jump to what we think is going to win? We should talk about how there's a tenth spot that is occupied by neither Deadpool or Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Well, I don't think that one needed to be nominated, but Deadpool, I thought, uh, well, let me talk about Deadpool when we talk about Hacksaw Ridge. Let's do this. Okay. So um, do you guys want to just tell me what you picked? Sure. I'll let Desi go first. Ladies first. So uh, I picked, uh, I think Arrival is going to win. It's also the one that I want to win. Ooh, that's a good um, pick. There's a few that I haven't seen on this list. Uh, I have heard about most of them. You've um, seen you've seen at least half of those films, I bet. Yeah, I haven't seen Moonlight, Manchester by the Sea, Hell or High Water, or Hacksaw Ridge, or Fences. <laughs> or I've fences. seen four out of the nine. Okay, so that's about half. Um, as much as I really liked La La Land, I just don't think it's as good of as a film overall as Arrival. That's interesting. I That's your first mistake. <laughs> like I said, I loved La La Land, but Arrival had a lot more going for it. I mean, it was dramatic, emotional, it's beautiful. Okay, well, the, before we go too far into um, Arrival, just real quick, quick question, Steve. Did you pick Arrival for either of your... I did not. Okay, so let's go. Let's, let's talk a little bit more about Arrival. So, I think you're right. I think it, I think it's very beautiful. I think the performances are really good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a really intriguing story. It feels like sci-fi rather than sci-fantasy mm. to me. Um, I mean, it definitely has some fantasy in it, but right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's but definitely it, more about a science, and therefore it's more science fictiony. Yeah, because it's about about that language. Guess stuff. what, sci-fi yeah. nerds? Star Wars is only fantasy. So shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? Anything? Anything else that like just really? stuck out to you about it or um i just really i think that the the editing plays a big part in it i can agree with that's that. interesting like just the i don't know i don't want to say like a ton about it in case people haven't seen it but there's kind of almost a twist at the end sure that like you might see it coming but you might not and and I think that the editing and the... Maybe 50% of the people in the room yeah. saw it, and maybe 50% of the people that were watching it together didn't see it. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's, it's hard no, to explain that but without that's, giving it away. That's a really that's a really great observation, and I think, like, sort of, I, I guess I was kind of teasing a little bit there, but um, I think it's really great when a movie can... Um, 
give enough hints away that some people can get it and and keep enough of it guarded that it's not totally obvious. Yeah, and it's like it's like it's a situation where you're not totally sure because you you think that one thing is happening but it turns out to not actually be the thing that you think is happening. Right. Um, Way to be vague. Really smart. Super vague. <laughs> we, we're the nonsense podcast. Right <laughs> nonsense podcast. Very smartly done. Really pretty. Great acting. I just, I think it's. Yeah. I think it's going to win. And I, and I appreciate you being vague about it. Let's let's just agree right now, for the most part, to be fairly spoiler free. If we yeah. are going to say a spoiler, let's do the best to say that we're going to say a spoiler. I'll make a noise like wah wah yeah. wah wah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, arrival. That's that's a good pick. Um, Steve, do you want to? Um, I am betting that La La Land is going to win Best Picture. Uh huh. Okay. I don't think okay. it should, but musicals tend to clean up pretty well, and it cleaned up at the Golden Globes, and I'm expecting there to be a lot of carryover. Yeah. So I think La La Land is going to win, but I want Hell or High Water to win, and I'll explain why. Yeah, please. I've seen. Seven out of these nine, I think Hell or High Water is the most, let's say, realistic slash entertaining of the bunch. Because um, some of these movies you know, aren't too realistic, but it's okay. They're entertaining. Some of these movies are almost too realistic, but unfortunately are just way too somber and sad. And therefore, not exactly entertaining. Mm-hmm. I feel like Hell or High Water does the best job of being a relatable, exciting movie with quality performances, quality ideas, and you know, it's 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 what a movie should be, right? This is the movie of all these nine. This is the one I'm going to watch more than ten times, probably. Yeah. And I can't speak to this very very well, because Hell or High Water is the only best picture film I did not get to see. I'm very surprised Yeah, I just, did not see it. I just didn't get an opportunity to see it. Um but uh, I remember when I asked you, "Hey, are you going to see this movie, man?" And you said, "Nothing can stop me." Not hell from nor seeing- high water. Ah, you jumped the gun on it. But yes, that's exactly where I was going. So yeah, I'm thinking La La Land is going to win. I want Hell or High Water to win. Okay. So, um, real quick, let's let's harken back a little bit. A few weeks back. A few weeks. I tweeted something, um, or if you the right thing, tweeted something. Yeah. Um, about how um, there are only three films in Oscar history that have won the top five Academy Awards. All right. Which are Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Screenplay, Best Director, Best Picture. And the, the question was, does La La Land have a chance to win, to become the fourth to win the top five? And in that tweet, we had said... West does not think so. Mm. And this is one of the prime examples where, um, no, I don't think it's going to win Best Picture. Okay. So, yeah, um, I mean, can we talk about the other films who have won all five of those? Because I don't think that La La Land is in the same league as those ones. Like, uh, I really liked La La Land. Well, okay, look, look, but, look, I'll play Devil's Advocate. That's a really good question. And even though I don't think it will, let me play Devil's Advocate and, and speak on behalf of La La Land, right? Go for it. Um, where I think it does fall in that same um, kind of category is if you go back to the first film to do this um, was 1934. It happened one night with Clark Gable, and it happened one um, night. It's like kind of a like a lighthearted comedy, and mm-hmm. I think that um, what makes 
people love La La Land so much and why it transcends just the Hollywood crowd yeah. is that it has a very like nostalgia 1940s sensibility to it. Totally it agree. uses a crazy amount of jazz, both in the score right. and the actual music. People um, love jazz. It has references to the umbrellas of Cherbourg as references to singing in the rain. It has references, a huge massive reference to American in Paris, which we've talked about mm-hmm. on the podcast before. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, uh, it, I think it ties really, really directly really well with a movie like it happened one night, which did win the top five. Um, so I think, I think that would be sort of an argument for it. But are we still in a time where that kind of movie and win all those up against these other movies. Well, we're in a time where like musicals aren't common anymore, and so I think like the the gimmick of a musical, like it's kind of like what Steve said, musicals if they do get nominated tend to clean up. Um, And it is, I mean, it was nominated for fourteen awards. It can't win all fourteen because two of them are in the same category. Whoa! But um, you know, I think it has a good shot at maybe winning nine. Wow! Academy Awards, maybe. Um, but I don't think, I don't think it's going to win best, best picture. Um, and I think it will, I, I don't, and, and I'm going to kind of, I said, I was, we're going to start with the big one. Let's maybe do the big two. Um, because I think my, my feeling on La La Land ties into best director. Mm. Um, I don't think it'll win best picture. I do think it'll win best director. Wow. Um, right. Which also is not incredibly common um, with the Academy Awards. It tends to be that Best Picture, Best Director tend to go hand in hand. Um, I don't think that's the case this year. Um, I did pick a rival for Best Directing. I, <laughs> I picked, so my pick for, and and my want are the same for Best Picture. Um, I picked Moonlight. All right. I loved the film. I thought it was great. I thought it was really, really relevant. Um I think there is a common thread with several of the films this year. All right. When you look at um, Fences, Hidden Figures, Lion. Oh, I see where this is going. um, All of those films are about being bullied. And I think that's a really, really important topic right now. Um, I think fairness, equality, figuring out who you are and being proud of who you are is really important right now. Yeah. Especially in this political climate. I think bullying is very much in the front of people's minds and i think um of the films that are about being bullied i think moonlight is the best i also think it's the best of this bunch in general but um i think that gives moonlight another edge to it yeah all right all right and it and it's a topic that isn't getting talked about that is a real topic and um is uh um something i think uh people don't like to talk about um and so for for those that don't know moonlight is about um I don't even tell them don't even tell them what it's about they should have to watch yeah the movie's nominated for best picture you should just watch it, it i mean it's it's very good it's very moving it's not a, a total downer that's another sure. that's another thing it has going for it is it it, it doesn't end on a total down note i can agree um, with like that some of the films um it does I, have that beach scene it does have that, that beach scene um by the way, I'm joking when I say <laughs> about the beach. I mean, scene. some people, some people are into that. <laughs> That's fine. I'm all right with that. That's fine. Um, I mean, you know, yeah. So I think I think Moonlight might be an age issue there. I, I think Arrival is a good pick. I think La La Land's a good pick. I just happen to think Moonlight's going to be the one that wins. All right. All right. All right. So, so maybe we won't talk about best direct, best director yet. Oh, okay. I was going to talk about 
Deadpool, though, with Best Picture. Yeah, and don't forget to stand up for Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. I'm not going to stand up on that one, but... Um, <laughs> They're in Hawaii. Come on. <laughs> uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. Let's talk about Hacksaw Ridge. The most, the most stressful movie I've ever seen, other than maybe all, however many parts of HBO's The Pacific, which is about the same exact war... But and is uh, almost a horror movie, except it's just set in a war instead yeah. of a summer camp. So Hacksaw Ridge is Mel Gibson's first really big film. Yeah. Um, after his sort of downfall, um, his racist, Gosh. sexist, I don't even downfall. I don't even know how many years ago that was. Two thousand nine ish, ten ish. I don't know. Seems like not that long ago. Um, and it's uh, a true story. About uh, what's the guy's first name? Do you remember? I know his last name Desmond is Doss. Doss. Desmond Doss. Yeah, um, who is considered to be the first um, man to enlist as a conscientious objector to the mm. war. He he felt really strongly about um, fighting for his country, but not actually fighting. Right, like doing his part, but not actually killing anyone or picking up a weapon. Um, that's a strong and, feeling. Yeah, and so he he becomes a met combat medic, and he saved a crazy amount of people. Um, so many. Yeah, I won't I won't get to to that too much. But um, now, which war was he in? He was in World War Two. Was he fighting in Europe or in the Pacific? He's fighting in the Pacific, in I believe Okinawa. Okinawa at uh, well Hacksaw Ridge. At Hacksaw Ridge. That's, that's the yeah. movie is named. Um, it's another film that um is about bullying and and being able to like be your own person and find your place. Um, but here's the thing. I felt like that you could see what Mel Gibson wanted to execute with all of, all of the ideas in the film, um, different camera angles and, uh, subtextually what he was, what he was going for. Um, not everything was executed very well. Interesting. Um, All right. I, it, it was not executed the way I, I think his other films have been in the past. Um, and interestingly, when we were leaving the theater, yeah, I remember thinking, well, what would I put in its place? And honestly, Deadpool is another movie where you can understand exactly what it is they're trying to go for. And it's all executed exactly how they want it to be. And That's a fair point. And you know, it's a shame because it's an R-rated comedy that's uh, also a superhero movie. In a superhero movie, it's way over the top. Not that a superhero movie can't get awards, but has one ever gotten? He- Heath Ledger won an award for playing the Joker. That's which is very true. The most iconic supervillain. That's very true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure. You know there's what other villain won other... an award? What's what I got? won't even go there. Uh-oh. I'm just messing with He's you. He's gonna say Midnight Sun. <laughs> How do you guess? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I was. So that's my Deadpool. Thing that, that's a, that's a very good point, frankly, because uh, Deadpool is an v- extremely well made movie, totally enjoyable. But yeah, it's just not what falls under the you know Oscar Best Picture umbrella, yeah, it's like right? It's not a musical. It's not a war movie. Very, it's like not serious, but yeah. it's also like like you said, R rated. Like yeah. it's. You know. Ryan Reynolds, I, I read a thing where I think it was Ryan Reynolds said that he wished that um, comedy had its own category because it's really hard to do well. And he's yeah. totally right. And, and Deadpool was done well. Um, he's totally right about it being hard to do well. 
I don't agree with it needing its own category because then it's like, oh, yeah. are we going to do a horror category? Are we going to do this category? Are we going to do this? Right. You know, like, yeah, it's I, – I'm I'm already not a huge fan of um, animation having its own category. I think if, it, oh. I think if an animated film is a stellar film, it Wreck should it be Ralph. considered to be a best picture. Agreed. Um, I think, like, you know, a really good example of that is Beauty and the Beast being nominated for – for best picture and I think oh, yeah. had Silence of the Lambs not come at the time it did I think Beauty and the Beast probably could have won whoa Steve my, my Hannibal Lecter impression yeah. backfired yeah, and yeah, I was choking on my own spit <clears throat> so yeah so that's that's best picture anybody else have any thoughts uh, or you want to talk about any of the movies um, they're all really good films right they're all pretty good films but yeah, mon- I mean, quite a few of them I'll never watch again everything okay. that I saw I thought it was really good. Um, yeah, there's, I like the rival. a lot of really depressing stuff in this yeah, category. I mean, we've talked about Fences on another episode of the podcast. Yeah. Um, but we just talked about Hacksaw Ridge. You talked about Hell, Hell, Hell or High Water. Manchester by the Sea is very sad. Manchester by the Sea is very sad, but um, I liked that mm-hmm. it um, just felt very real. And just like, you know, it was a tragedy through and through. And there's no, like, there's no real happy ending necessarily to, right. to tragedy sometimes. Sometimes it, it just... It just exists. It just is, um, and it's it's tragic what happens in the film, and it's tragic that like, you know, Casey Affleck's character sort of puts himself in a prison and punishes mm. himself, and he's probably going to do that for the rest of his life. Um, yeah. You notice that when they first go to his when they first move him into that little apartment, that little square apartment, it's like a little prison cell. Yeah, there's like hardly any furniture in there. Very true. Um, and it's just like he's barely got windows. Yeah, that's what he that's what he wants is to. Put him, lock himself away. Um, mm-hmm. He's put himself in solitary confinement, essentially. Um, hidden figures uh, about the uh, the mathematicians at yeah. NASA. I still haven't seen it. Good film. Very disappointing. Very good. I'm it's, gonna see it before the Oscars broadcast. It's very fun. I still haven't seen it. Um, it's inspiring. I mean, you saw it, right, Des? Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts yep. on it? Um, it's definitely inspiring. I think it's definitely come at a very good time right now mm-hmm. when women need that inspiration and you know need to be reminded that it can it can be done like it's it's silly to be saying that at this time you know this day and age but i'm not gonna get too political about it but it's very good go for it sister (laughs) because apparently we need reminders still i think that everyone should make their children watch it yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean male or female. Yeah, it's interesting to like see sort of the movies very much like we talked about like very much about bullying. Um you're right, it's very much about uh women's equality. Mm-hmm. Um especially in the workplace. Um it's also about sort of like it's about pioneers, right? Yep. So like these women were pioneers, the astronauts were pioneers, right? The the NASA right, yeah. the NASA engineers were pioneers. But there's also these moments where um, tiny, tiny spoiler here. Um, if you haven't seen the film, sorry, spoiler alarm. Where Kevin? I'll I'll be a little vague. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Costner uh, deals Bacon. with He's the bathroom problem, and right. and literally pulling literally pulling down a barrier. Um, yeah. So I think you're right. I think I think in this climate right now, it's nice to have these reminders that like pioneers started somewhere and they can start again. So right, whether it's females or minorities or both or, or white people, or white people recognizing yeah. that there's an injustice like that. Exactly. 
um, yeah, I, I think not that I'm saying white people have to save people of minorities, but I think they should stand with them. We need absolutely. We just all need to realize we're all from the same freaking pool of, pool of cells, man. Um, pool of cells. <laughs> is it true? And this might be a spoiler. I don't know because yes, I true. haven't seen Hidden Figures yet. Oh, okay, no, wait, what? But is it true wee. that like there's a scene where uh, Janelle Monae is walking down the hall and Kevin Bacon steps out of nowhere Kevin Bacon. and he's just like we need to kiss and she kisses him and she's like oh i never got your name and he's like it's gonna be all over the news once i get back from apollo 13 and then he just walks off i have no idea what you're talking about it, do- it doesn't happen though no darn it oh, sorry i was really hoping this tied into apollo 13 um real quick let's talk about so we've talked about manchester by the sea and moonlight um lion haven't really seen good. lion you guys saw it? Yeah. Yeah, we saw it. It's very good. It's very emotional. Very, yes. Uh, yeah, if you're, if you're a crier in a movie, then you probably should, probably should take a handkerchief or a tissue. The title leads me to believe there's only one lion, sort of like Alien. I don't want to I don't want to address the title. I think you just need to go see the movie. You're, you're telling me there might be more than one lion. I'm not going to address the title. I think you should see the movie. I'm scared. It's scared um, cats. Uh, I, once the movie is completed yeah i think you'll be very very like happy with everything because he grows up to play the cowardly lion in wizard of oz exactly um <laughs> call uh, it try i'll try not to be too spoiler filled um it's about uh a young Courage. oh indian boy who um is separated from his family from his brother and his mother and sister um, I'm not going to say exactly how it happens, okay. um, but he gets completely lost, Aww. and he ends up in Australia of all places. What? And grows up in Australia. Um, true story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie is partially about the child being lost, and partially about the adult he becomes, realizing that he's still lost. That Aww. even though he's grown up and has his own life, that he's still that kind of kid who's still lost and he has to do something about that. Um, All right. Based on a book, uh, you want to shed any light Um, or info on this? I do want to say that this is probably the most um, jacked you'll ever see Dev Patel. (laughs) He looks pretty good. I mean, you know, like for a scrawny guy, he looks pretty... He's been working out. He got them six back abs. A jacked yeah, he looks Dev good. Patel. He looks One, good. two, three, four, five, six abs. <laughs> all but right. In all seriousness, though, um, it was a very good movie. So you're saying I should take a date <laughs> to see Lion? Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say it's a romantic movie, but no, um, I, I think it. Either, I think but... it's uh, sentimental and emotional. Right. So I think that's always a it good date. Is. A good date call is sentimental and emotional. And yeah. I have to say too, like. Even though I'm not a mother yet, like someday I, we will have kids, assumably. Oh, but if you're lucky, like hey. you know, I have I have a lot of siblings, mm-hmm. and the some of the stuff with the kid being lost is super hard to watch. Mm. Yeah, it's right. so hard to watch. Yeah, but absolutely. it's really good. Good yeah. movie. Good movie. Cool. All right, so let's let's the Lion King, the Lion King, the Lion. Uh, so let's maybe start uh, down backwards, and we'll go from there. All right. Um, so I got here. I'm on the wrong page. Get with it, Wes. Talking about writing, writing original screenplay, writing original screenplay. So we've got Hell or High Water, La La Land, 
The Lobster, Manchester by the Sea, and 20th Century Women. Um, we'll just do the same same order, I think, if you, if you guys are good with that. All right. Um, so, Des, do you have a want to weigh in on? So, um, I have only seen one of these. Okay. <laughs> uh, which was La La Land. Uh-huh. Um, however, I, just from what I've heard and what, you know, like, you know, clips and trailers and things I have seen and, and what I've heard people talk about i picked lo- the lobster oh interesting <laughs> um that, that's a that's a good pick. i mean it's, it's bold but I, I, I like I it i just i think it's very different from everything else on this list yeah you're and totally right so i that's why i picked it um and it is a movie i do want to see like it looks like a fun intriguing yeah possibly sad story to me and i do want to see it but um that that was my pick what were your two picks I, j- I just picked She's, the lobster. Oh, just the, the lobster. lobster. So you, it's what you want to win, and it's what's going to win yeah, as I, far as I, I, I like I said, like I've said already, I do really like La La Land, but I don't Whoa. know that it's going to win for writing. Okay, Steve, what you got? I have a bad feeling La La Land is going to win for writing. Steve, he's on the La La, La, La Land. Well, camp. because he's all in it La really Land. hits a lot of chords with a lot of people who have made their way in this town and made it to being able to vote in the academy and. You know, I remember I took my mom to see the movie when I was back home for Christmas. And about 20 minutes in, she leaned over to me and she was just like, how do you put up with that? And I was like, that's only sort of what it's really like, Mom. This is actually a much uh, a much lighter version. A nicer version. Of the yeah. disappointment I put myself through every day uh, to occasionally, uh, you know, book something great. That's the That's the version that everybody hopes that they have. Exactly. Right, yeah. Exactly. And so and so much like the very ending of the movie, uh, I feel like this movie as a whole is going to speak to that in a lot of the voters. And mm. they're just going to be like, you know what? I saw La La Land. It made me feel great. It hit a lot of personal notes. <clears throat> gets my vote. However, the movie I want to win, even though I haven't seen it, is The Lobster. Oh, I like it. Be- just because I think that's such a wacky, crazy idea. Yeah. And from yeah. what I've heard, it's a great movie. I could never find it playing anywhere near me, which is ridiculous because we live in Los Angeles. But I want The Lobster to win. So let me just say real quick that The Lobster is available to watch um, streaming on Amazon Prime. So cool. viewsters, if you have Amazon Prime, um, you can check out The Lobster before the Academy Awards. I only have Megatron. Um, you can also rent or or buy some of these movies on Vudu as well. Ooh, like Hell or yeah. High Water is available on Vudu. Cool. Um, and yet you still haven't seen it. Loves. I didn't get a chance to see it. You're going to enjoy it. All right. So my pick for writing original screenplay is Manchester by the Sea. Cool. I All think right. the writing in it was really, really well done. I thought um, the character, um, the way each character was written, they had the, absolutely had their own voice. Mm-hmm. The performances were great. But I, but it was really, really clear that they were written very, very specifically, and yeah. to be very different from each other. Um, and the transition, you see these flashbacks, and you go back and forth. The transition of um, Casey Affleck's character before the incident and after the incident is really interesting, and that, yeah. some of that's performance um, and and directing, and some of that is the writing. Um, I, I don't think La La Land. Right. I think it could. Yeah. I think for the reason that you're saying. I mean, 
here's the thing. Every time I go against La La Land, yeah. um, I, I always have that same thought that you, that I think you're kind of saying is that like Hollywood likes to sort of congratulate itself and pat itself on the back and like member berries like, like South Park. <laughs> yep. like, oh, yeah. Exactly. Um, but, it was fantastic. But <laughs> I here's what I hope that they um, – that the voters recognize that we've seen La La Land's story over and over and over again. It's not an originally written. Very I mean, true. it just it feels like a rehash of a bunch of other things that we've already seen. Sure. So, yeah, um, yeah I don't I, I, I have a feeling that Manchester by the Sea is going to narrowly edge it out. All right. And win. Um, so, yeah. All right. So moving on. Uh, right. Writing adapted screenplay. We have Arrival. Fences, Hidden Figures, Lion, and Moonlight. Cool. Just those five. Just those five. Typically, it's just five, I think. Sounds about right. Um, Des, what you got? Um, I went with Hidden Figures for on both this your, one. For both your things? Yeah. Both of them? Mm-hmm. Uh, any reason why? You just... Excuse me. I had a little burp going on there. A little burp, burp hiccup <laughs> thing? Um... It happened right when a horn honked outside. I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I'm feeling it. I don't, I don't know why. For, for, for sure. Obviously. Well, I'll, I'll tell you something that I noticed about the writing that I really liked about Hidden Figures. It's, it's. Um, I know it's not, not my turn. Maybe I should wait for my turn. Go for it, Steve. If you want to go, do you want to go? Well, I'll go. I'll, then. Wait, for, I'll wait for my turn. Um, because I. I think Fences is going to win, but I want Hidden Figures to win. Why do you think Fences is going to win? I feel like all I hear from everybody about that movie Mm -hmm. is that the writing is so good. Mm -hmm. And therefore, even though it was not properly adapted from stage (laughs) to screen, Uh I still think it's going to win Best Writing Adapted screenplay. But I want Hidden Figures to win. Why? Uh, I really don't know. <laughs> I haven't yeah. even seen it yet, but I have a feeling of what's on that list, that's probably the movie I'll enjoy the most. Yeah. All right. Um, I also picked Fences and want Hidden Figures. All right. Um, I, picked it, I picked Fences because, and I think it's going to win, because I think it's the most complex out of all the writing. Like, the dialogue is incredibly um, rich and heavy and um, full-bodied. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that, is, that, from what I understand, that movie is all about the dialogue. It's very yeah. much about dialogue and performance. Um, it's um, first of all, it's adapted from a play, um, a, a very like celebrated play um, that has you know had like James Earl Jones was in it, and uh, you know obviously these people, yeah. Denzel Washington and Viola Davis were in it. Um, it's and I mentioned this before in other podcasts, but um, it's very Shakespearean in in the way that all this dialogue is sort of delivered ad nauseum. People are talking all the time in all this film, the um, time. and it it's Quite a, bit too a much at times. <laughs> um, it's a huge task to be able to manage that dialogue, and 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 somebody's got to write that dialogue, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a story that some people do identify with, not myself. For sure. Um, and I think it's a story that's really written from the heart. All right. Um, I can agree with that. So that's why I think that's why I think Fences is going to win. Um, Hidden Figures, though, uh, I just really, really liked. I thought it was just so enjoyable 
to watch and to listen to. And um, there's, it's like just the, in the moment where you need a little like snappy comeback, the snappy comeback happens. You All know, right. it's like good. it's very witty. Um, it's written. Um, I think it's co-written by a woman. There's a man and a woman wrote, and you can tell there's definitely a woman influence in there. And thank God it was there because without it, it would feel like every other inspirational true story. Oh, okay. um, but there are definitely moments in there where it's like uh, a man would never have thought of this line oh, because a man doesn't go through the same things or doesn't wear the same type of clothes or, you know, have yeah. typically walk around in high heels or whatever it is. Um, and things that aren't really cliche, like okay. high heels would be cliche. Like yeah. high heels might be something that a man might think of. Um, but there were things in there that, that were little touches that were really clearly written by a woman. Um, cool. And it, it led a lot of authenticity to the film. All right. Um, and that's why I would like for it to win. Yeah. Adaptive screenplay because it felt very authentic. Groovy. All right. You want to do visual effects? Sure. We got, you want to say all the nominees, Steve? Sure, I will. The nominees for visual effects are... Deep Water, Horizon, Doctor Strange, The Jungle Book, Kubo, and The Two Strings, and Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. All right, this, what you got? Uh, I went with Doctor Strange. I mean, I have to say, I don't know if I would be saying the same thing if we hadn't seen it in 3D. I think mm-hmm. that definitely, definitely is a movie you should see in 3D, mm-hmm. but really fantastic visual effects in that movie. Mm-hmm. Steve? Doctor Strange is your pick for both? Yeah. yeah. Alright. I picked, I think Rogue One, a Star Wars story is going to win. Because mm, who doesn't love Star Wars? Yeah. But I want The Jungle Book to win. Maybe because Chewbacca? Pe- what's that? <laughs> she said, remember Chewbacca? Maybe Chewbacca? <laughs> uh, I want The Jungle Book to win because there's only one human in it. Every yeah. other character in it is a visual effect. They looked pretty awesome. And they're all cuddly animals. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. That's a good point. A good point. Uh, I picked Doctor Strange for both. Um, I, like Desi said, I think it's like, like it's, I don't do drugs. I've never done drugs. But ah. I imagine if I did, if I dropped acid, that that's what I would go through. Mm. That, that movie is like a kaleidoscope of architecture, architecture <laughs> and beauty and uh, horror all kind of rolled into one um, yeah. and uh, it was a lot of fun to look at um, I know just, a lot of people who have dropped acid yeah and that is uh, that would have to be really 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 good acid to gotcha. get something looking that nice well you know they say that like you like see color and all that stuff yeah. like that's kind of like how I felt about that movie and it's cool. just so bizarre and beautiful and let's drop strange. some acid man yeah let's do it <laughs> um again yeah i rogue one is an interesting pick i, I think rogue one is gonna get a it. little part of me wanted to, to to pick rogue one yeah um i i just don't know if like here's what i think here's what i think hurts rogue one all right not that i think you should change your pick well i'm just saying i think it's what's going to win i don't yeah. i want jungle book to win here's what i think hurts rogue one um CGI characters, I think, while people recognize the achievement, yeah. didn't overall didn't love it. All right, people. I think people thought it was kind of cool, but didn't love ha- the execution on it. Yeah. Um. So that's one, and the other is like, how does this? How is this much different than any other Star Wars visually? That's a fair question. Um. And although 
Although I asked that question about Return of the King, yeah. and that won awards that the other two didn't win. Didn't that, that win were, like eleven out of its thirteen yeah, like, nominations? Why did that win costume, but Two Towers didn't win costume? Right. So like, what the heck? They're the same costumes. Well, wasn't but, it all just the idea that they were just saving the win all for Return of the King? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I seem to remember that being the case but, back then. But that's kind of my feeling about Rogue One is that like you know we've see, kind of seen it all before, right? Um, none of it felt. Um, spectacular in, in any way like that to me but um but good picks everyone great picks all right does you want to you want to give us the sound mixing nominees sure i like sound mixing by the way yeah sound mixing nominees are arrival hacksaw ridge la la land rogue one a star wars story mm-hmm. in case you were not sure mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh Thirteen hours, secret soldiers of Benghazi. Okay, and what did you what did you pick? What were your picks? Um, I picked La La Land for both. For sound mixing, okay. For sound mixing. All right. Do you want to do you want to expand on that or no? Um, sound mixing is one of those like hard to define categories yeah, for some people. Kind of is. So I mean, I understand if you don't really have a strong. I definitely think. I mean, I I do think Rogue One could win this. I mean, there's obviously a lot of sound effects mm-hmm. and and whatnot going on in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, La La Land, though, I just felt like there's a lot of, like, tap dancing, for instance. Oh, yeah. And, like, jumping into pools and, like, things like that. Things that are, like, practical sounds, but I just thought were done really well. Sure. All right. Um, I think La La Land is going to win. Mm-hmm. Even though there are quite a few problems to be discussed with the sound mixing of that movie. For example, uh, the opening song and then the second song about come to the party with us, uh, whatever. You can barely hear what anybody's singing mm-hmm. there. I said it. I've probably uh-huh. said it before. That's true. And so have many others. That first uh, song especially. I don't know as much on the second one, but I definitely agree wholeheartedly. On that on the first, first song, one. it's just like, oh, huh? Like, I mean, yeah, I can hear the words and stuff, but why isn't anybody going for it Wes but I want Arrival to win because I remember Mm. Arrival having very good very fitting sound I guess you could say you guys have won me over a little bit to thinking maybe La La Land's gonna win I think it's just gonna clean up that's not what I picked that's that's fine I picked 13 Hours The Secret Soldiers you know what I wanted to pick that it the sound mixing in that is it is solid i mean it's a lot of um there's there's moments of stealth where like small sounds are really really important there's explosions there's a lot of gunfire there's different types of gunfire there's a lot of chaos quick editing fire um people speaking in different languages a lot of people talking over each other at the same time oh yeah um it's it's for sound mixing it's really really tight and i think that um usually gives a movie like an edge if it's like something where there's a lot going on all at once and it's really really tightly done i hope you're right um but uh the movie was not like incredibly well received very true it's a michael bay film although it's it's somewhat un michael bay like right um it's it's been well reported that a lot of it was kind of made up yeah i mean i think i think any of the these true stories like this um it's you know like American Sniper is another really good example. Um, 
where you're trying to tell a specific story and get a certain message across. You're not a documentary filmmaker. Somebody right. can document it and interview the people and do reenactments if they want, but that's not what this is. Right. This is a movie that's some somewhat true, somewhat fictional. Right. Um, there's always like, you know, like like you expect that they say all the bits of dialogue that right. the, those were verbatim conversations. Right. No, that's not true. Um. The movie, I thought, you've seen it. Have you yeah. seen it, uh, Steve? Yeah. Um, also I, a very stressful movie. It's very stressful. Yeah. I think it's I think it's very, very well made. Um, and uh, this doesn't have to do with sound mixing, but I just, I, I thought it was actually a fairly solid film. Yeah, I agree. A uh, bit of a political hot button issue. Sure. Still. Sure, and I think that hurt it. I, th- I don't yeah. think that helped the movie at all. Yeah. Right, right. Not at all. Because uh, apparently uh, the red states didn't turn out to see it. Oh. Even um, though it was right up there, Allie! Should I go to sound editing? Sure. Give us sound editing. Nominated for best sound editing. Your nominees are Arrival, Deepwater Horizon, mm-hmm. Hacksaw Ridge, La La Land, and Sully. Mm. That's an intense group right there. Yes, it is. Um, Desiree. I picked La La Land on this one. <laughs> I just, I think if it's going to clean up, these are the areas it's probably going to, to me, seem more obvious ones for it mm-hmm. to, to win in. Yeah. Anything to do with sound and music, etc. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, that's all you have to say. Okay. <laughs> so you want it, you, that's your pick for both? Yes. All right, I'm going with, I also think La La Land's going to win. Yeah, okay. But I want Deepwater Horizon to win Yeah. because my friend is in it. Okay. I haven't seen it yet. I hear it's very good. I think it has a very good uh, Rotten Tomato score, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, didn't get to see it, but a buddy of mine's in it. So I All want right. a buddy of mine to be in an Oscar Do you want to give movie. your buddy a shout out? Do you want to say who it is? For another time. You don't want to name drop tonight? For another time. Um, I picked Hacksaw Ridge for both. Actually, I cool. thought I thought this right. was one area that uh, it excelled in, and sure. actually, um, so for some of the same reasons that I that you I think think La La Land mm-hmm. um, sound is incredibly important in it, but they they did some really nice things with like sort of audio bridges where you would hear some of the stuff before it moved scenes. So like mm-hmm. you might hear a church choir singing before they go to the church. Yeah. Um. So uh, they. They utilized elements of sound to inform where the movie was going next. And I thought that was um, that was somewhat surprising in a, in a war film. Yeah. And, and I should say that, that, like, you know, the first half of the film doesn't take place in war. Very true. I mean, there's a war going on at... Um, uh, at basic training, there's a war. Right. A, a different kind of war is going on um, amongst the soldiers and DOS. Yeah. Um, but uh, but for the first half of the film, it's not like a war film in the way most people understand a war film. Agreed. Um, but yeah, so, so that's what I think. Hacksaw Ridge. We'll see. Maybe La La Land. Right. You know. I like it. Des, you want to give us live action short film? Shh. No. No. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Okay, um, well, see you later. Well, you know, there's just there's some things in here I'm probably not going to pronounce correctly, but that's okay. Oh, okay. Do you, do you not? Do you want me to try it? Uh, I don't know how to say I this stuff. I can do it. 
Okay, Henry Steve. French. Steve's Steve's all all up in the French. I mean, yeah, I guess these are French. I mean, you sp- I you sp- take French. You speak some French. Well, speak is a, a very loose term. You have spoken some French. <laughs> Why don't you just go for it, Des? You can do it. Uh, okay. So uh, the first one is Animus Interiors. Okay. Uh, La Femme et la TGV. Okay. Uh, Silent Nights. Sing and time code. Oh, you got that last French one really well. Time code. Time code. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Have you seen any of these? Uh, no, I picked sing just um, because I like singing. You like That's singing, it. Steve? I picked Silent Nights just because I think a lot of people are just gonna be like, that eh, sounds like something I'd watch and you're, vote for. You're it. a big fan of Silent Night, Deadly Night. That's true. Um, Holy I picked. Night. <laughs> I picked time code. Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't seen any of these. <laughs> so, I haven't either. I mean, it's um, live action short film. Where yeah, it's harder. That? It's harder for us even, unless you're at a festival. Yeah. Um, or they're provided online or something. And that's screening those at the three dollar theater near my house. Twelve dollars at the Egyptian. Well, you can see them all, but I'm down. Um, it hasn't happened yet. I have to um, as uh, of the time of the recording. Set my mic down. Uh oh. Keep talking. Oh, it's gonna be so loud. Oh no. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, I picked time code. Um, it's the it's one of the ones that I've heard about, heard talked about, and kind of like Desi, like it's kind of a movie thing, right? So right, yeah, it's something that's like near and dear to my heart. Time code. Um, I'll uh, I'll do the I'll do the animated short film nominees. All right, I'm back. Steve's back. He actually didn't really go anywhere. Uh, Blind Vyasha, borrowed time. Pear cider and cigarettes, Pearl, and Piper. Three Anybody bees, wanna... three piece, one, two bees. Never mind. Uh, yeah, I went with uh, pear cider and cigarettes. Really, I'm so surprised. Because I just thought it was a cool name, and I don't think I've seen any of these. Oh, you have, you have. I have. Wait, yeah. which one have I seen? We'll go. We'll get to that in a minute. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any of these animated short films. You I think most people are just going to vote for Pearl. I think um, this is the only category Pixar is nominated in this year. Oh. I think people will go for Piper, the Pixar film about the little bird trying little to... Sam Piper? Yeah, little trying to eat the, <gasps> eat the clams. Oh, I didn't know that was Pixar. Right. Well, then, yeah, that's that probably what's going to happen. You're right. That's probably going to win. What was that on the front of Moana? Uh, Finding Dory. Oh. I think I think that'll be the one that wins. Pixar has a pretty good track record. They're yeah, not they're not nominated in um, animated feature this year, and they're the ones adorable. who it actually make sure their movie gets seen with the shorts. Yeah, it's it's adorable and it's emotionally heartwarming, and um, it's like a a little guy triumphs over you know big forces. Yeah. And I think I think people are into that. So sandpipers yeah, are I cute. Think, I think you're probably yeah, right. little piper. All right. Oh. oh, okay. Let's let's oh, get. We hear special guest appearance. Chris get, we'll get Chris's opinion on production. Hey, Chris, welcome. We're doing the podcast, so maybe you could weigh in on something for us. We are on so, the category of production design. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna read out the production design nominees, and you shout out which one you think is gonna win. And if you if you would rather you like you could pick what you think is gonna win, but also what you want to win if you don't. Oscars. Yeah, Oscars. Okay. All right, here you go. Production design. I'm gonna. I'm actually Steve. Why don't you go ahead and do well, the? My problem is I haven't seen. Well, let's let's just see what what 
maybe you've seen some of these. There's only five. And you can just pick what you think is going to win. Even if you haven't seen, you can just pick. The nominees are Arrival, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Hail Caesar, La La Land, and Passengers. The only one I've seen is Arrival. So, and it's probably the least impactful production design-wise. Interesting. Yeah. So, what, what, I'm sorry, your pick was Arrival? Okay. He, Chris has picked Arrival. Arrival, starring Amy Adams. <laughs> you heard it here first. Jeremy yeah, Renner. I imagine La La Land is pretty amazing design-wise. Yeah. I imagine the uh, second one, what was the second one? Fantastic, Fantastic Beasts. Beasts. Sounds like a vote for Fantastic Beasts, if you ask me. Yeah. He's being modest. All right, Des, real quick, before you go do some some things. What happened? The dog's being smelly over here. All right. Uh, Um, What's your pick? Okay, I picked uh, Fantastic Beasts is Where to Find Them. I haven't actually seen it, but just, I mean, even from the trailers, it looks pretty cool. Is that the one you wanted to win? Yeah. Yeah. I think it looks really cool. Um, I mean, as, as per usual with the Harry Potter, you know world yeah i think i think that's that's my pick all right all right so glad i can't smell the dog right now yeah this is gonna get the febreze or something well i'm a bit torn on this one okay i think la la land is going to win okay however i also want and think of the five Mm -hmm. hail caesar has the best chance to trump La La Land on this one because Hail Caesar is a full-on period piece about the golden age of Hollywood where we've got characters back in the day living, practically living on studio and, you know, the studio is their life and they're working to make these great big beautiful movies that La La Land was inspired by even though none of them are actual movies. Sure. So I think... And I want Hail Caesar, directed by the Coen brothers, starring George Clooney and mm-hmm. Josh Brolin and Janet uh, Tatum and Scarlett Johansson. I was going to say Veronica Osorio. Okay. Veronica, if you're listening, I follow you on Twitter. Um, so I think Hail Caesar could do it, but I think it's going to go to La La Land. Okay. I think. Go on. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is going to win. I think for some some of the same reasons like it's definitely a period yeah. thing but it's also got this kind of like unique um world specific fantasy All element right. to it right. as well um so it's got kind of a marriage of the two things yeah um i just have a feeling that it's gonna get production design however mm-hmm. it's not the one i picked for want this might surprise you you want La La Land to win. You want La La Land. I want to La La Land to win. I thought the production design of La La Land um, was really, really excellent. Um, I think, um, you know, they went to great efforts to sort of like, um, you know, what make 
Los Angeles look like make the movie look authentically Los Angeles. Yes, but um, also beautifully Los Angeles. Yeah, in in a way that a lot of people either don't see or can't see because some of that doesn't exist. Right. Um, like for example, <laughs> we were we were talking with our our friends um, Susie and Joseph, and they um, they live really close to you know where he the the milk the little Absolutely. coffee Absolutely. The, dairy. the dairy thing. Uh, he's drinking coffee outside and looking at. Um, the looking the jazz the, uh, the tapas place or samba whatever it is. and tapas yeah. place Just do one well don't uh, mix them and there's this beautiful mural painting on the, they do a profile shot of him sitting there there's this beautiful mural painted on the on the building yeah. they painted that just for the movie and then they painted over it when they got done unfortunately what was on the mural do you remember because like, I don't even oranges? remember looking at it. it was like oranges it was like, yeah, it was, it was like oh, an old school right. looking ad for that you would see for yeah, like on a postcard all type. used to be orange groves back right. in my day um, well, I get you it was beautiful and so some of that stuff you know, is not really authentic Los Angeles, but it feels authentic Los Angeles. Agreed. Um, and I thought that last sequence, last the sequence. production design of the last um, musical, big music sequence that's a la American in Paris. Yeah. I thought that was, they knocked that out of the park. I can agree they with that. They definitely did. Also, the did. Griffith Observatory scene. Yep. I forgot Absolutely. all about oh that, gosh. but that yeah. is Absolutely. an incredibly beautiful scene. Yeah. Um, I will say that the giant, like, orange mural painting thing mm-hmm. that's sort of vintage, um, yes. that is absolutely the kind of thing that that my job yeah. as an interior designer, we would totally put that in, like, an apartment building in club room. Cool. You know, like... In, like, Orange County or, like, in Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like reference that, like, what used to be here kind of a thing. Sure. Using that sort of vintage style of art. Yeah. So, it is sort of authentically California, but just not... In the way that in you... In the context that it of is the in film. the movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, so that's why I want La La Land to win. I think Fantastic Beasts will win, but I would... I, I think this is a category that I think they should win. Uh, La La Land. All right. Uh... Music. Des, you want to give us the nominees for original song? Absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, audition, The Fools Who Dream from La La Land. Yep. Can't Stop the Feeling from Trolls. Okay. Is that the Justin Timberlake song? Yes. Okay. Uh, City of Stars from La La Land. The Empty Chair, Jim the James Foley Story. Which you can watch streaming on HBO Go. Jim, the, the James Foley story. And then How Far I'll Go, Moana. And that's the uh, Lin-Manuel song. I'll take your word The for guy it. from uh, Ham- that did Hamilton? Yes. He, I believe he, I think that's the song that he wrote. For, oh, I thought for, he wrote all the songs for Oh, did Moana. he do all of it? That's what I heard. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I thought he just did the big one. I listened to a podcast where these two guys I haven't seen Moana. really love Hamilton. So they talk about... Uh, I've also not seen Hamilton, nor heard any of the music. They talk about yeah. Hamilton for at least 15 minutes of every episode just by <laughs> accident. I think Lin-Manuel Miranda contributed to all the songs. Oh, really? I think. Okay. I'm, I'm 70% sure. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. And neither have I. Um, okay, so Des, You're welcome, as the song says. What, what, what do you think uh, is going to win? Okay, so this... Uh, this was a t- kind of a hard category for me to pick. Um, it's okay. <laughs> well, I just, you know, as you know... Desi is a music nut. Love music, love singing. There's a musical with two songs in here. I mean, that alone is like, oh, that should make it easy. But on the other hand, you've also got a Disney movie song in here, mm. which Disney is... I haven't 
seen this movie yet, but I know that Disney has notoriously fantastic music. Uh-huh. Um, and then you've got Can't Stop the Feeling, which is Justin Timberlake. And It's fun. While I have no interest in seeing that film, the song is awesome. Trolls! I mean, the song is on the radio. Like, I hear that song on the radio. Like, it's not... It's a very, like, pop song. Sure. Whoa. And it's good. I like it. He's bringing Trolley it's, back. It does... Re- <laughs> that's funny. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, it does It does remind me of um, Happy. By yeah, and, it, and that's the thing. Like, it's very... Um, it's almost like a summer anthem. It's very universal. Like, All right. it's in a kid's movie. It's a song that kids definitely can, can like, and the content is not inappropriate for them. Mm-hmm. But it's also a song that adults can right. enjoy and... Get, you know get something out of right that's a hard um, song to write right there yeah yeah that's true um and then there's the empty chair i don't know that one i haven't seen the jim okay james foley song mm-hmm. story i haven't seen mm-hmm. that so i don't know anything about that one but you said that was on hbo right now yeah i believe you can watch that on HBO maybe i'll though. watch that for bed but then there are two <laughs> songs from la la land which i love musicals yeah, you didn't. Even, you didn't even know it was a musical when we went to go see it. No, right? I knew nothing about it. Which nice. West does this sometimes. He'll go. We're going to see a movie, and we just go and we see it. And I've known it's nothing about it. And Sallow. Like, and I planned that one way, well, like way way ahead of time, knowing how much she loves musicals. Like planned. Like I remember, like three weeks before, I was like, "Hey, this this movie's coming out at this time. I want to go see it. Let's go." And you were like, "Okay." Yeah, and like you didn't like because I knew you kind of wanted me to not really know anything about it. Mm-hmm. I didn't even watch a trailer for it i didn't even like i watched right. it i didn't know it was a musical it was great yeah um so that said i think that city of stars is going to win okay really i think that it's uh, the most recognizable sort of like through carrying song for mm-hmm. this film mm-hmm. um however I want Audition to win. Because Interesting. Because I think it's a better song. Yeah. That's the best like, song in the movie. It's, it's, it's so emotional, and it's really good. Yeah. I love that song. Steve, Steve Reno. I don't have a want to win, so I'm just going to go straight to my what's going to win. Okay. Now, this is a category with two La La Lands in it. Mm-hmm. So, what's going to win is... How far will I go from Moana? Ooh, all right. Oh, is that really? That's your picked? It's Disney, dude. Disney I mean, almost yeah, always wins best Disney. song. It is Disney. <laughs> the yeah. only song to ever top Disney on best song was Cat Scratch Fever by Ted Nugent up against uh <laughs> Steve, just, up against what is happening over up here? against uh Welcome to this podcast. Burn, I mean, it's just like burn that cauldron down from the Black Cauldron. Um, 1997. Culture, <laughs> uh, okay, so I agree with Desi. I uh, I think City of Stars is going to win. I think you're right. I think it's the most recognizable song. It's the song that won the Golden Globe. Um, I think... Uh, and the, the theme of it sort of is, is in multiple pieces of music. Yes, and that's the other thing. Is you were talking about the through, the through line for the music, and that's the thing that that song ties the storyline together almost from the very beginning yeah. to all the way to the end. So um, I, I think City of Stars is going to win. Um, I, w- I also like you. I want Audition to win. I think you're right. I think it's mm. the better song. Um, but I don't think it'll win. Um, 
I think people love the song, but I think because City of Stars is iconic, I think the s- songs that tend to be really iconic are the ones that win this award. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that people can't get out of their heads. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to disagree with Steve on the Disney thing. I think um, th- I think this entire category is completely overshadowed by La La Land. I just, I don't think. Interesting. All right. I'll be, I'll be really surprised if. Uh, yeah, this this might be I, one of the few times where Disney does win? not take this. Yeah, I think Disney has a song in this category most, that doesn't take it. Most times, well, Disney almost always has a, a, a song in this well, category, yeah, yeah. almost every year. And the thing is, um, very, very rarely does Disney have to go up against a musical. Right. I mean, it's that's just, a fair point. Right I mean, there. it's just it's it's not. You very start singing "City a, of Stars." A good I'll start singing "How Far I'll Go." I'm good. Let's see who wins. <laughs> I'm good. You're gonna. I, I've never heard "How Far I'll Go." I've never. All right, I'm the rock. How far I'll go? I was in what? Uh, music original <laughs> score. I'll do this one. Uh, we got Jackie, La La Land, Lion, Moonlight, and the pass. Oh, choked on myself. I choked oh, on my own spit. One. You were choking uh, on outer space. Passengers. Passengers there. Um, Des, what you got? Okay, I've only seen two of these movies: La La uh, Land and Lion. Yeah. I I think La La Land's gonna take it. I mean, and that's the one you want. To well, win. and and that's the thing, like. For if it's a musical, the music has to be good, and yeah. a musical that's nominated for this many awards, yeah, you know, well, clearly it's a good musical. Mm. So I think that that's gonna, I think that that's gonna overshadow anything else that's in this category. Okay. That being said, I haven't seen some of these other movies, so maybe I could be totally wrong. But yeah, that's okay. I think La La Land is going to win. I want the original score for Jackie to win, just because I remember when I was watching some of the movie. I remember thinking, wow, this original score reminds me a lot of There Will Be Blood. <coughs> oh, yeah. And if a movie about Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis can remind me of There Will Be Blood, <laughs> it's doing something right. Right. Ooh, you guys, it's getting like after hours mood oh. lighting in here. So, after hours. Uh, I... Have La La Land picked to win? All right. Um, I don't want La La Land to win. You want what to win? I want Moonlight to win. Ooh. Um, I thought Moonlight, the music was beautiful, identifiable when there was a theme. Um, I think that's a really big key to to a good score is having kind of like we talked about, like a through line, having. Um, something identifiable that you you hear it doesn't always pull it doesn't pull you out of the movie but adds to the film yeah um and i thought that they did some really interesting things with the score um i know when you and i watched it we talked about how like um it sounds almost like um an orchestra is warming up for what's about to happen next and it makes you feel like a shoe is about to drop all the time all the time um and and i think that's by design and it's it's it makes the movie what could be a movie that is not really that um, engaging or a story that could be that engaging. It makes it more engaging. Um, I also like um, how as um, the movie went on, the music got a little bit more um, uh, mixed. All right. Um, As I understand. So they use rap music. They use um, like sort of a, traditionally southern style of of like rap editing which is like chopped and screwed yeah and um that influenced the composer all right and i know as the film got got on further on in the film and um uh 
Chiron grew up. Um, was it Chiron or Chiron? I think it was Chiron. 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 Maybe it was Chiron. Chiron. Are they saying Tyrone? Yeah, Chiron. Um, As he grew up, um, the the score became chopped and screwed as well, which I thought was really like a really unique thing. And I think if people recognize that, that that's like the type of thing that I think should win an Academy Award. But I think it's so subtle that um, La La Land's going to overpower it. And um, so I think La La Land, but I want Moonlight. I understand. I understand. All right. Desiree, you want to give us makeup and hairstyling? It's a big category. It's a lot of nominees. Um, yeah. Uh, a man called Ove, I'm guessing. Or Ove? I was going to say Wove. No. I'm not sure. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, it's spelled just like one, but with a V instead of an N. Um, uh, Star Trek Beyond and uh, Suicide Squad. Um, are you a little bit of a hard time picking between Star Trek and Suicide Squad? Yeah. This one. Um, I mean, Star Trek always, I think, in this category has a lot going on. Makeup. Makeup especially. is especially huge, yes. Um, but even even hair, you know, they're always doing some crazy futuristic something that somehow still looks normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I picked Suicide Squad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that that's a big part of this movie. Suicide Squad. Yeah, it's a huge I mean, part of the movie. It's a huge part of like creating those characters and yep. making it feel like a comic book, but almost like it could be real world as well. I mean, like you know, making a comic book come to life, sort of, sort of thing. Sure. Um, I I think that that is one of the few things that they did really well in that movie. Yeah. Um, it does not have a lot going for it that movie, <laughs> but. Um, I did think they did a really good job with that. All right. Steve? Well, I just looked at some pictures from a man called Wove. Probably Ove. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see anything in those pictures that lead me to believe that this should be nominated for That's, makeup I, and hair. I felt the same way. I'm thinking I've, maybe there's some like artificial a- aging, aging yeah. going maybe, on. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, it's got a 2015 release date. Uh, well, it's because it's for foreign and I've film. Never heard of it. Well, it's a foreign film. So it's okay. released in 2015 so, in a foreign country. Yeah, so it it can not. still qualify here. I guess so. Long story short, I'm going with Star Trek Beyond because I don't want Suicide Squad to win an Oscar. <laughs> and I've never heard of a man called Love. All right. Um, I pick Suicide Squad, and I I, I feel the same way you do, Steve. Um. I, I don't like the movie, but I actually thought that the that the makeup and um, the hairstyling too, specifically when you who th- had hair in that movie. When you think about Harley Quinn in that Harley film, Quinn. one of the most like iconic, okay. specific things that you see in every cosplay um, Halloween costume is the the ponytails with the blue and the red. And I thought that they they that was a story element that they used really well. You know when she. She takes the dive into the you spoiler, the spoiler alert scene ever filmed Hold on. ever. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Spoiler alert. She takes the dive into the, the acid pool. Yeah. Um, by the way, happens in one of the comics. Okay. Um, so it's a scene out of the comics, well, but then, okay. I'm just saying they're, they're being true to the, the comics. That part. Cool. Um, and the, the acid eats away their clothes and the, there's red and blue 
clothing that the dye creates a little heart in the acid, which is silly and cheesy, but kind of cute at the same time. Sure. Um, and that the colors happen to also be on the same size where she is permanently dyed yeah. for her hair. I think like those little things for hairstyling and um, making that part of the story. I think that speaks a lot about the hair and makeup design. Um, I thought Killer Croc, Killer Croc looked kind of cool. Killer Croc was pretty cool. Okay, um, good point. I, I thought, forgot all about him. I thought the tattoos on Diablo were very cool. Those were cool. Um, the witch was pretty dirty and sexy. Yeah, and I mean, scary. yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I did not like the way that that woman moved. Yeah, get Carla Delevingne. But yeah, it was weird. silly. But that has nothing to do with her hair and makeup. No, like, no, the no, hair right. makeup I thought was really cool. Um, yeah, I, I just think I think they they took a lot of opportunities. Um, I the thing that I hate is the look of the Joker. Um, yeah. But here's the, I can't believe I'm going to defend this. I can tell you really meant that. <laughs> that was the only good scene in the movie. Was, was that moment. <laughs> okay, so straddled Ike um, Barinholtz. <laughs> I I don't, I can't believe I'm defending this. Um, they clearly wanted a specific look, and they did nail the thing that they were trying to do. I can I, agree with that. I completely disagree with what they chose, but they they really did nail that. Um, and for the idea that like he's not scarred or you know mangled or twisted in some way, like his face, um, I, I think they did a pretty good job with it. All right, uh, all right. So so yeah, I mean, Star Trek was was good too. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's not a ton that's different in Star Trek from the other Star Trek. Again, kind of like the Star Wars thing. Yeah. yeah. That's my thought. But I still think it's a good pick. It was the one I... I mean, there's only three to pick from. It was the one I wanted to pick. Um, kind of. Yeah. But I do want Suicide Squad to win because I do think that the hair and makeup actually were influenced and influenced the film. Fair enough. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Foreign language film. Land of Mine. Man called Ove. The Salesman, Tana, and Tony Erdman. Mm. Um, I'm just going to say now I haven't seen any of these. Uh, normally, normally I usually try to watch the foreign language films. I just did not have the access to them this year. How is Hunt for the Wilder People not in here? No. Uh, that's, that's, that's really recent. Was that? Yeah. That was 2016, though. Uh, but, I mean, it's in English. It's just New Zealand English. Still. <laughs> Um, I also have seen none of these. I picked The Salesman just, um, as a Robert Frost reference. Oh. Uh, nice. He's my favorite poet, so. Yeah. I figured, what the hell. Sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't think that that movie, I don't know that that movie has anything to do with that, but there you go. That's my pick. Steve I also picked The Salesman just because I think a lot of the voting body is just going to be like, oh, somebody made a foreign death of a salesman? I'll vote for that. And they're just going to vote for it. <laughs> All right. Um, I picked A Man Called Ove because it's the title that I recognize the most. I've seen the most. All right. Um, so I think it's the one that I've seen most talked about. So we'll see. Cool. But none of us can inform anything about that because <laughs> yeah, right. we haven't yeah. seen it. If you've seen it, I do like that Steve uh... and I basically have the same reason for picking a salesman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sounds like something they're going to vote on. Yeah. All right. Uh, Des, you want to give Film us some editing? Or maybe it's Steve's turn to say one. I don't know. Oh, it don't matter. Okay, Des, go for it. Uh, Arrival, uh-huh. Hacksaw Ridge, uh-huh. Heller High Water, La La Land, and Moonlight. What'd you pick? I picked La La Land. <laughs> I'm so surprised. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I think Arrival had good editing too. 
I didn't see the rest of these. Um, so I just went with La La Land because I liked it. Okay. <laughs> Me? Steve, it's you. It's your turn. I think La La Land will win. I think Hacksaw Ridge should win. I'm no editing expert, but uh, it definitely seemed like there was a whole lot to uh, try to keep track of in there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they did a really good job, especially during those super hectic battle scenes. Yeah. Of showing us as many different angles as possible and yet keeping everything in line and in time and that sort of thing. Yep. So Hacksaw Ridge. I uh, I picked Hacksaw Ridge. All right. To win. Um, I, this is the category I feel the least strongly about. Like, or Not that I feel don't feel strongly about. I don't feel strong about my pick. All right. Um, I mean, I can see La La Land winning. Um, I, in some ways, I can see Moonlight winning because... Um, you know they're telling these three different stories, and if if the if it's not cohesive editing wise, they're not going to feel like they're three stories from the same person's life. Sure. Um, so, so in some ways, I could see even see Moonlight winning. Um, but I picked Hacksaw Ridge for kind of for the same reason. I think there's just a lot going on in that film. Um, but you never lose track of it. You never lose track of it. I, I will say, and I don't think this is editing a problem with editing. I don't, I'm probably. I don't I don't know wh- whose feet to lay this blame, but like I think you kind of lose track of who's who a little bit in Hacksaw Ridge if they're not Doss. Um, he's like the one guy who looks completely different. I mean, they call him Scarecrow, right? Right. Um, I thought they called him Skeletor. Well, they, <laughs> no, they didn't call him Skeletor. Uh, they call that one guy Ghoul. But, but yeah, I don't for, remember that one guy's like, I'm from the future and you look like Skeletor. Um, so there's there's um, something that they that they did in Hacksaw Ridge. Maybe I should talk about this during Best Picture, but um, it's very like over the top. Like it's very like 1940s. Like sure. I'm gonna go win the war for my gal. Like kind yeah. of a thing to it. And they well, yeah. I mean, all of the all of the performances are way over the top like that. Sure. And all of the characters, while they're based on real people are all real over the top. So you've got Ghoul, who right. does look like a ghoul. Then you got Hollywood, who's like this beautiful Super specimen of a man, right? beefy, like, he's probably got, too beefy for the time period. He's got the Clark Gable mustache. <laughs> yeah. And um, and then you've got the religious guy. Um, there, yeah, he, he's a... Can't picture him. Yeah, well, that's the, th- that's the problem. Then yeah. you got, like, then you got, like, the... Dino from Brooklyn or whatever. Right, then the you short got, guy. Then you got the jerky guy. And so they, they like kind of fall all into these like stereotypical war things. Yeah. But then when they're out in the battlefield, they've got all their gear on and they all look the same. You pretty much can't tell them apart unless they've, unless it's a dude with a pencil mustache right, or a skinny dude. They all True. pretty much look, even the short guy, you can't tell they're all hunched over. So, um, so you never really know like, okay, which guy is this? Okay. This one's hurt. So, and he's talking to him like he knows him. Yeah. So it must be somebody from his platoon, but I have no idea what, which guy this is. Very um, good point. They become sort of faceless in that way. Um, uh, I don't think that's an editing problem, but sure, I agree. Um, so, anyways, that's a long, long-winded thing about editing. Um, the one I want to win, though, is not Hacksaw Ridge. No, I want Arrival to win. I think um, this is a situation you were, you were talking about uh, earlier. The different um, elements of like. Uh, that we don't want to give too much away. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I think I think this is where that was really, really um, 
the editing was like crucial to this. Oh, I think to it's the kind film. of similar right. to what you were saying about um, Moonlight, where yeah. there's almost two different stories being told. Absolutely, at the same time. absolutely. So. Yeah, yeah, I definitely can see where that's a huge part and, of this and there's movie. and there's like reveals in the film, multiple reveals. But um, and if the editing, if they didn't nail the editing. True, it's everything is ruined for you like right away. Yeah. So that's also true. Um, also, like you know, the sort of uh, some of this is like how they shot it in the special effects, but like yeah. how they get into the craft and how they presented that. Um, timing on that is was also crucial so um somebody somebody had a pretty deft hand with the editing i'd like arrival to win i think hacksaw ridge will win um man we moved over back to the front page back we're, to the front we're in the home stretch my friends we fronted on back um who is it Steve? by home stretch who's, do you mean halfway through who, who's, <laughs> who, who is this who's, who's doing this one? Uh, i mean i haven't read in a while steve do, do it, it. Documentary? The nominees for Documentary Short Subject. Extremis. 4.1 Miles. Joe's Violin. Watani, My Homeland. And The White Helmets. Um, real quick. Uh, Extremis, you can stream on Netflix right now. Cool. 4.1 miles you can stream on the New York Times site right now for also free. Also cool. Um, and the White Helmets you can also stream on Netflix right now. Radical. So just just putting that out there before we, we get into talking about these. Um, I haven't seen all of them, but what I did see were really, really good. What you got for us? Oh, I went. To, went I, I I passed it off to Des, and she she started she yawning. Took a one Sorry, way trip to it's yawn um, past my bedtime because oh, I'm an old lady. Calm what time down. Is it? Don't uh, worry it's like about 10 it. Whoa! Ish. Or tell him. <laughs> like I said, I'm an old lady. All right. Uh, okay, so I saw two and half of these. Yeah. Um. I couldn't rewatch one of them completely. Yeah, I mean, even the not even ten minutes of the one that yeah. that I that you showed me, I I don't know that I could have watched the whole thing. Yeah. Is that it? Um. There are the three that we watched are all very heavy subjects, mm-hmm. um, but they're all also about someone trying to to do something good in the face of something really horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes this kind of a really hard category to to pick. Um, oh yeah. That being said, I picked uh, the White Helmets. Mm. Um, I think that that documentary tells the most complete story in the time, you know, in the 20 or so minutes. Yeah, 24 minutes, I think. Yeah, I mean, like, Extremis and... Maybe it was 40 minutes, that one. That was 40 minutes. Oh, 40 minutes. I think Extremis was 24 and 4.1 miles is about 20, 20 something. something. Yeah. So extremis um really good, but it's not like it's not a story. I mean, it's very it's very like <laughs> this happens to a lot of people and it is what it is kind okay. of thing. Like you know, there, there's there's very little narrative, I feel like. 
Okay. Um, 4.1 miles is almost no narrative. Hmm. I mean, it sure. is. It's just straight up documentary. It, it really is just. Really straight up like. We're putting a camera Holding a camera. This is what's happening. Yeah. Whoa. Like there's, there's really no narrative. It's extremely hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Oh. So hard to watch. Um, <laughs> is that the one on Netflix? It's on. It's one on the New York Times site. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Ju- people have uploaded um, 4.1 miles to YouTube. Yeah. Please don't watch it there. Just go to the New York Times website. It's still free there. They have a good video player. Give them the support by going to their site instead of watching somebody's like uh, recorded version that they threw up on YouTube illegally. You realize by asking people to go to the New York Times website you're supporting fake news (laughs) 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 new york times we need you now more than ever yeah so uh extremists is definitely an um an issue that i think a lot of people have had connection to the other two are very politically relevant right now um okay both here and abroad okay i mean they're about things that are happening abroad but they're relevant to what's been happening in our country for the last couple of weeks so anyway, I picked the white helmets. I think it's the one you want to win. It's Oswald. the one I want to win. It's the one that I thought was the best of the ones that I've seen, and it's um, it's something. It's a it's a cause that anyone can help with, like mm. monetarily. Cool. And that's on Netflix. Is it? Uh, white helmets is on Netflix. I might watch them both tonight. What'd you pick there, buddy? I haven't seen any of these. Okay. So I picked Extremis because yeah. it's fun to say. <laughs> and I picked Watani, my homeland, because it's also fun to say. But also, it sounds like the kind of thing that's just going to win. Yeah. There. I said it. Um, it's funny. Watani, my homeland. Extremis. Fun to say. Not fun to watch. Not I mean, fun to watch I, mean it's, I mean, it's good. It's, it's, it's enjoyable in the sense that, like, you feel informed. Like, you mentioned these, but you didn't really talk about what they were about. Um Extremis is about. I feel like it should be a sequel to Tetris. <laughs> no, um, like the, the Iron Man Four. Sure. Um, it is about the choice about whether to leave your loved ones on life support or Ooh. to kick them off. Um, it's it's short. It's only twenty four minutes. Thank God, it's only twenty four minutes. But wow. it covers more than three families, but really focuses on three. Um, families and in one hospital, yeah, um, pretty much one doctor. primary doctor. Yeah, um, and dealing with all these families, mm-hmm. dealing with these families, Ew, um, and sort of the decision and like the the choice that you have to weigh, and like, do we wait to see if there's any improvement? And yeah, um, and sort of the battle that doctors face, and sort of the battle that patients face. Yeah, um, wow. so it's it's very good. Um, it's definitely worth seeing, and I think it's an important topic, and it's something that people should talk about with their families. Like, you know, if I was in this situation, this is what I would want or what I wouldn't want. Yeah, um, yeah and, I th- and I think that, like I said, this is the one that I think of the three that I've seen is directly relatable for a lot of people. Sure. Cool. Um, the one I picked that I think is going to win is the White Helmets, right. um, which is... Uh, about a, there's a, an organization called the White Helmets in um, Syria, who um, basically they were normal normal people, carpenters, blacksmiths, teachers, and um, now that there's bombs raining on their heads all the time, um, they raining might be too accurate. 
<laughs> raining might be too accurate. Um, they, when they see the explosion, they run towards the explosion wow. and put themselves in harm's way and to try and dig people out of the rebel and to try to save lives. Um, and it's not really political. Um, and that's that's what I think is like really great about the white helmets and why I yeah, think it, yeah. why I think it will win. I think you're right. I think it's the one that feels the most like a documentary and it feels the most complete. Um, but it also isn't really political. It's just about these people who are trying to save lives. They're not really taking a stand other than please stop killing us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's harrowing. You know, there's there's um, I won't get too heavy to spoilers, but there's a moment where they um, require them to leave. I think like once a year to do training out of out of Syria. They go to wow. Turkey. Um, the, the most of the movie takes place in Aleppo. All right. Um, they go to Turkey to do training and. Um, there's these moments where they can't communicate with their families and they don't know if bombs are being dropped on their families or not. They know there's bombs being dropped. They don't know who's been killed. And they've got children and they've got brothers and sisters and parents. And, um, it's, it's very harrowing and, and hard to watch. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's an excellent documentary. I highly recommend it. The one I want to win is 4.1 Miles. 4.1 which is, Miles. Um, one that I couldn't even watch all of. Yeah, it's... Uh, is it true I wa- that it's 4.1 hours? No. Okay. It's very short. It's like 20 minutes. Um, it's uh, shot really well um, for the most part. There's some a lot of handheld stuff in it that's shaky and stuff. But, I mean, for the situation, it's shot really well. Um, it's about... Um, people trying to get from Turkey to Greece mm. um, and paying smugglers who put them on these tiny, you know, shoddy rafts that um, that don't make it the 4.1 miles from one coast to the other. Wow. They just need to cross 4.1 miles of water and it's treacherous and it's cold and uh, it's deadly. And um, every hour, th- these boat captains go out in these boats that sh- shouldn't be hauling as many people as they do um and they're expected to bring in you know 200 people out of the water bring them back and then and they're just like i mean they're like fishing boat yeah they're not they're not like they're not coast guard what the heck um they're they're people in the yeah they're on the island of lesbos and they're just people who see this need and they go out to to rescue these people yeah and it's um like I, i i i watched it on my own like late at night and I had a, such a hard time sleeping after it because it's it's so tragic and hard to watch and wow. um, it's it's heartbreaking um, and that's why I want it to win because it's the one that as as raw as the White Helmets is mm-hmm. this is the one that feels the most like um, like these people don't have CPR training You're right um, and they're having to pull like drowned children out of the water. Um, do CPR on them. I mean, it's it's really, like I said, super hard to watch. It really is. Um, but it's short, um, which is great. It's concise for something this heavy. Um, so I'd love to see it win, but I, I don't think it will. I think White Helmets will because it feels like a, a real documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really recommend watch 4.1 Miles. It would be hard to watch. Um, it'll make you cry, but, um, but both- it's absolutely worth it. I will say – what are you going to say? I just was going to say both 4.1 Miles and the White Helmets are really – as hard as they are to watch and as like heartbreaking as they can be, they're also sort of um, 
give you a little bit of hope because they're just that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, they're literally about extremists too. Normal people. Yeah, extremists too. Like, like these are all really like terrible situations that are really hard to deal with, and they're very emotional. And I think all three of them at least got me teary eyed. If I didn't, yeah. if I didn't cry, they at least got me teary eyed. Um, and uh, but they all make you feel like happy that there's somebody in the world working mm. hard to try to, to fix you, to help you, to make you feel better or to do something right. Whether it's this doctor who's just trying to help their, her patients make a good decision yeah. that's good for them or a boat captain pulling drowned kids out of the sea or the white helmets who are like carpenters pulling, you know, children and old people out of rubble and doing the hard thing, which is somebody's got to collect the bodies, you know, I mean, and that's, that's a, that's a, it's sad and it's gross, but it's also this, this harsh reality. And it's actually kind of beautiful and poetic in some ways that these regular people are the ones like you hear this, like it takes a village to raise a kid, but here's these, these young people, not all are young, but these young people going out there to give back to the village and to help take care of that village. Um, and I think there's something meaningful in that. Yeah. That was documentary short subject. <laughs> Steve's ready to move on. Well, that, for a short subject, we may have spent the most time on No. <laughs> They're important topics. Sure. The documentary stuff are important. So, you know, I don't mind spending a little bit more time on them. That much is true. <laughs> uh, Des, you want to do the documentary feature <laughs> titles? Uh, sure. Documentary feature. Documentary feature. Uh, Fire at Sea. Mm-hmm. I Am Not Your Negro. Mm-hmm. Life Animated, mm-hmm. OJ Made in America. Mm-hmm. That's about Florida, right? Make orange juice. Orange juice, yeah. orange juice made in America. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all know what that's about. Um, and then Thirteenth. Uh, um, the only one of these that I've actually seen is Life Animated. Uh-huh. Uh, I did pick it to win just because I think it is really good. I mean, yeah. Who knows? Some of these could be even more amazing. Sure. But I really liked Life Animated. It was heartbreaking and heartwarming at the same time yeah, it really is <laughs> again a very emotional it wrecked me for parts of it but really good yeah really very good and like good from a narrative standpoint uh-huh. it, it's amazing yeah it's almost like you could you can't it's the kind of thing that you would see written in a fictional story but it really happens yeah um and it's not in a not in a huge like fantastical way but in just like the the way that a story should have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've seen none of these. Oh, Steve. I want I Am Not Your Negro to win. Okay. I think OJ Made in America is going to win because I feel like absolutely everybody I follow on Twitter and everybody I listen to on podcasts has talked about how good that documentary yeah. is so i have a feeling is that's that, gonna get a whole lot of votes is that the one that's like seven parts or something hey, it's like seven hours yeah yeah um you I can like a lot of people watch that one you can watch um oj made in america on hulu you can stream it there um in three parts so two parts are three hours and one oh. part's roughly an hour hour and something minutes all right um so you said which one did you say you want you want um i'm not your negro to win what i am not your negro to win so I haven't seen all of these. I think just because out of them, that's the one I want to see the most. Yeah. And well, uh, i got to find a place to watch it. Let me tell you, um, you, you tend to, I mean, I know you'll watch everything. 
sure, I sure try. A lot of times, you, you it seems like you really enjoy watching more like fun, happy stuff. That's mostly true. Mostly true. Might I recommend or might I push Life Animated towards the front of your list? Oh yeah, I'll check that out uh, eventually. Because well, I'm, what I'm saying is, take it off the eventually and make it a priority because I think you'll feel really glad that you watched it. Kind of pushing it back now. Okay, no, just, no, I'm kidding. Bird. That's ridiculous. I, I, I honestly think, Steve. I think you'll get a lot out of it for some of the same reasons that we got a lot out of it. Life animated, Life available animated. on Amazon Prime. Available on Amazon Prime. Cool. Um, okay, so uh, I want. Or well, I, I think. Th- normally, with I was going to say OJ. Yeah. I actually think Thirteenth is going to win. I think Thirteenth is having a little bit of a groundswell right That's now. For sure. And now, isn't there some like sequel to it that just came out, sort of? That I know of. There's uh, something just hit Netflix that's called like Oprah talks about Thirteenth or something. Oh, I don't know. Um, it's not called. 14th. They, might, they might have done a. No. <laughs> I doubt that since it's about the Thirteenth Amendment, but no, I, I um, it's literally some sort of like it might be an interview with Oprah. Or something. Thing I don't know. About it, yeah. Thirteenth uh, uh, is, um, I think. I, well, okay, so I'm I've always been interested in in the criminal justice system and our prison system, and I think it's um, needs to be reformed. Oh yeah. Um, I think that this documentary talks about things in a way that makes it easier for. Let's face it, I'm a white male, and I have a lot of privilege, whether I want it or not. Sure. Um, I'm never gonna fully understand what it's like to be a minority in this country. This is true. Um, and as much as I can understand and hear what people are saying, um, I can watch documentaries, I can watch the news, I can read the newspaper, but I'm never going to fully grasp how and why some of these things have happened. Yeah. And the 13th has done an amazing job of helping me understand it better. Something that I understand on a fundamental level, I understand, or I understand on on an emotional level, I really understand a lot more about the intricacies now. Um, And they, they present it in a way that because I'm never going to experience some of these things, I'm able to understand them better now. So um, I think 13th is a really, really important documentary. And I think it's starting to get, pick up a little bit of steam and cool. i kind of think it's the dark horse that's gonna sneak up behind oj and 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 win oh don't make that face for dark horse <laughs> um i thought he was making a face about sneak up behind oj, <laughs> oh, up behind OJ. nobody sneaks up on the juice <laughs> yeah, no. um the one i want to win is life animated i think it's a um I want to talk about it, but I know you, you... So Desi didn't know anything about it going... And then one of these movies I showed her that she didn't know anything about. And like, I okay, I'm I'm a big crier, <laughs> um, especially in movies. Maybe maybe just talk about that with your wife when I'm not here. No, I mean, I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I definitely am affected emotionally by film. I cry at movies. Um, especially if it's, if it's documentary, it's like a true story. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like, I, I hate bullying. Um, I have a soft, soft spot for special needs people. Mm. Um, and the movie started and I I was already crying like five minutes into the movie Aww. and nothing had really happened yet. And Desi's looking at me like, you're an idiot. And, um, <laughs> no, no, that's not true. And uh, like you're an idiot. I was like, nothing's happened. Like a, yeah, like I'm a freak of nature. And I'm like, <laughs> it's just that I and I said to her, I was like, it's 
I know what's about to happen. Yeah. Um, sort of like why I won't see a dog's purpose. But well, well, let me say this: I was crying because I was really happy about yeah. what was going to happen. Um, and that's why I'm like, I, it's, again, does he doesn't want me to say because she experienced it having not known really much about it. So um, I think there's some joy in being really pleasantly surprised with the content of a film. Um, Well, I think there's something also to discovering a film as it happens. As it happens. Yeah. Because especially in a documentary, you're, they they tend to be uh, produced in a way that you are, as they're recounting things in a, in timeline from beginning to end, you're discovering things as they discover these things. So um, yeah, I think you're right. I think there's something to it. So I won't say too much more about it. I did post a trailer to it on our Facebook page, but, oh, cool. um, but if you don't, if you want to just be really pleasantly surprised by a really beautiful documentary, um, watch life, life, life animated. Um, it's the one I want, I want to win, but I think 13th one. All right. Uh, so directing. Directing. I'll, I'll just, uh, wait, didn't we already do that? We kind of mentioned it, but we didn't actually pick, um, arrival. Hacksaw Ridge, La La Land, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. And I, I'll just start because I on this one because I already said um, that I think La La Land will win directing. Um, I picked Moonlight for Best Picture, but I think La La Land will win directing. Desi? Um, I picked uh, La La Land. <laughs> uh, I, I think that Fantastic Beasts might have a pretty good chance. Wait, Fantastic Beasts is not directing. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped. I'm sorry. Oh, you skipped. I picked a rival for Skipper. directing. You picked a rival for directing. That's cool. Oh. Picked a rival for directing. I like that. Um, Is it the one you want to win as well? Yes. All right. Yeah. Steve. I think La La Land is going to win. I did not pick a want to win because I think of these five, uh, they pretty much all have equal unequal shot in my book. I don't want Hacksaw Ridge to win directing. I absolutely do not want that to win. No. Um, I don't think it's going to. And I, I mentioned this to you after. I don't think there's any chance it will. Yeah, I have not. I, I mentioned this to you after the movie. Like, um, it is not lost on me that a bigot made a movie about a guy who gets bullied. A, uh, a, yeah. I get you. Yeah. And and Jews are not mentioned anywhere in that film. It's a World War II is film. true? It's a World War II film, and I do not call, recall Jews being really mentioned in that film. Wow. Walt. Interesting. Look at him. Yeah. Whoa. So, I mean, Walt, not like terribly surprising. Not terribly surprising because it was directed by Mel Gibson. But wow, um, I, I, uh, I tell you what, I'm not going to watch it again to find out if you're right or not. I let's just say, if they were, it was it was very much in passing because it's not a focus. Granted, they right. don't fight Nazis in the film. Right. They fight the Japanese. This is true. And Pearl Harbor is sort of the thing that that spurred this on. Yeah. But. It's. I find it strange to make a, a movie. They do show Nazis in an old film reel, right? When they're in the movie theater, but um, it's weird to me to have a World War II film where like Jews aren't really mentioned. Wow, interesting. All right, I don't think Hacksaw Ridge is going to win. Anymore. I don't think so either. I think it's pretty clear La La Land is going to win everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, nine about everything. about nine, right about nine. Your money's on nine, huh? Yeah, I don't know if I picked it for nine things, but um, I think it'll be right around nine. 
Who would like to read the nominees for Costume de Ziggin? Well, since Desi started to give something away on there, since let's let I, her do since it. Since I skipped ahead to that one, sorry. Yep. Um, uh, okay, a costume design. Allied, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Florence Foster Jenkins, Jackie, and La La Land. Uh, okay, pick La La Land. It's a, this is a hard category, actually. Well, I, mm. interesting. La La Land, huh? I picked La La Land. I picked... Uh, I, I, <laughs> so there's two films in here that I think could have a good shot. But I always have a hard time picking films that are have a historical plot mm-hmm. for costume design because, in a lot of ways, they're not being creative in the costume design. I mean, like they're recreating something that already existed. Like for Jackie, for example. But how does La La Land do that? It doesn't. I'm saying what I'm saying is. I have a hard time picking things like Jackie or Fantastic Beasts even uh, because they're based in historical time and it's I think it's harder to be creative with those costumes. So I'm I'm not saying you made a bad pick. Because <laughs> okay. um, people love La La Land and I do think the costume was fine in that, but what it felt like normal normal costume to me yeah, like it doesn't it doesn't feel any like special in any way to me so like so, it doesn't and it doesn't inform the viewer anything about the story mm. right or would you disagree i would disagree okay um i think fight, fight, fight. <laughs> um so i think that there even though those costumes are you know present day clothes mm-hmm. there's a couple of really good examples the one being um, the scene where they're getting ready to go to the party, like her and her like five roommates or whatever, however many you know. Okay. You know, we all, you know we all have five roommates in L.A. because it's really crazy. Expensive. It was four girls living <laughs> all together. <laughs> but not my point. Anyway, they were all um, alone. Their costumes are all based on modern day party dresses. But they're also very much musical dance dresses. Mm. Like, they're like an interpretation of a modern day dress. It's not like they went to Nordstrom and picked out a bunch of modern day party dresses. Yeah. Like, they're very specific. The cuts are very much like dance number cuts. Well, they're, they've, they've got a, like a 40s element to them. Like, the Ryan Gosling's element. clothes all do. Yeah. Emma Stone's dresses all do. Right. And they're all, um, I think they, they did a really good job with the colors in all the costuming. I, I will absolutely agree with that. Film. Sure. Like, I think that those add to the film immensely and are very relevant. And everything is very much, you know, even though it's modern day clothes influenced by the 40s, there's, there's nothing in that film that's like a Nike t-shirt, you know, which obviously <laughs> would feel out of place. Right. But it's current clothes, but it's not really current clothes. Would <sighs> they're, they're really good points. And I don't want to seem like I'm like poo-pooing what you're saying. Because I think you're right. Um, I don't know if that's enough for me. Like, I can think of a lot of movies that have like really close specific things. Like Clueless. I don't think Clueless deserves an Academy Award, but I mean, like, you could argue that the clothing very much influences the characters in the film, right? 
Yeah, um, and it, and it's it's almost similar to La La Land. It's a very like heightened version of the current clothing of that day. Yeah, and there's and there is something like you know we, I talked about like how um, there are elements that are of this movie that are influenced by the umbrellas of Cherbourg. You see that a lot at the very beginning, and with the the, the getting ready scene. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, in the in the crowd. in the crowd, someone in the crowd, yeah, someone in yeah, the crowd, yeah. Um, that definitely has that same kind of feel because of the bright colors and stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, like if Jackie, for example, um, which uh, is nominated, I didn't pick, but um, if they don't nail Jackie O's outfits, that movie becomes something that you can't take seriously anymore. If um, Allied doesn't nail those period specific things, both in combat and um, in civilian clothes, then you can't take it seriously anymore. And I, I feel like, like I get what you're saying about like it's hard to pick. And this is why I guess the reason why I'm bringing this up is like why I think you should be a little bit more lax on period films is because if you don't do it right, it changes how you see the film greatly. And um I'll just jump to my pick. I picked Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them because they they did use period 1920 stuff, and I think they did put a twist on those things. Right, that sort of Harry Potter world. Um, yeah, like the 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 really long coat with the tails, um, but it's probably maybe more like a woman's cut. Um, that the hats that they wear. Yeah, and, and I think I think that that. Fantastic Beast would be an easier film for me to go. Oh yeah, the costume des- design is great in that. Jackie O, or just Jackie. Sorry, Jackie. Like you're saying, I'm not. I'm not saying that that's not a lot of work. That it's not absolutely important to the film. I'm just saying that there's there's no. Um, I don't want to say there's no creativity, but there's there's a lot less originality. I guess my argument is... Does that make sense? I get, well, I guess my... Maybe. I guess my argument is um, which costumes affected the movie in a greater sense. And I think of all of them, La La Land's costumes affected the films the least. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's just my opinion. No, but, I... I, but I think I your get, opinion is valid. I get... I totally get the La La Land thing. I, th- I think I... I I really get the color palette thing that they got mm-hmm. going on in that um, their use of primary colors, especially for like outfits is insane and awesome. And you notice it like immediately in the film. Um, and there's a lot to love about it. And I think, I think you make a really good point about how like the cuts are, are things that look normal, but are easy to dance. in. I think is a really interesting point that I probably hadn't thought of, but. I'm still picking Fantastic Beasts. Steve, what you got? <laughs> well, uh, in true Oscar fashion, uh, we've gone very long, but here we are with costume design. Oh, boo freaking <laughs> who. We are coming up on the runtime of an actual Oscars broadcast. No, we're not. We are not. It's and been two hours. It's we okay. did also add a, a guest, which means you've got three opinions. We, we added a guest, yeah, and, and we're going through every Oscar. I have Oscar. to take a shit, and uh, <laughs> we've got nine more categories to go. Well, Wait, I um, don't know if you noticed, but I snuck off to take a bathroom break at oh, one yeah, point. Oh, yeah, that's true. So. Uh, you don't want me doing what I have to do in your bathroom. <laughs> I, I'm a large man. I have a very big tank. I just think you need <laughs> to quit being a big crybaby and get to list your pick. Listen. <laughs> I 
am a men's rights activist. Oh, shut up. And I, no, I'm just kidding. I am not at all. In fact, if you are, if you are listening and you're a men's rights activist, uh, unsubscribe. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't need your subscription. You friggin' crybabies. Um, I want Fantastic Beasts to win. Yeah. Jackie is going to win. Oh. The nominees for cinematography <laughs> are... <laughs> He's just moving right on. Hey, can I just say something about that? Of course. Um, Jackie's going to win. Normally, I think... I think I would have picked Jackie. Yeah. I, I, for some reason, I think there's been a big enough gap in Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, and I think it's so much different from that the modern day Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, cause that's school robes. Yeah. In those ones. I think, I think there's, yeah. I, I do think West normally, King, normally I pick Jackie probably. Jackie's going to win about like that movie. Isn't, it isn't Jackie. Without yeah. I mean, she's such a huge fashion and, icon. And America and has absolutely a, important. Mar- America has a weird fascination with the 1960s as well. Well, yeah. And it's, I mean, Jackie was like the closest Jackie. thing we had to our own, like, Princess, you know, Princess Diana, right. you know? So J- Jackie's going to win. Okay. I, you know, uh, we'll see. You'll see. You'll see. Oh, we'll see. Uh, but I do want <laughs> Fantastic Beasts uh, to win. Okay. Shall I read cinematography? Yes, please. The nominees for Best Cinematography in a Motion Picture are Arrival. Mm hmm. Lilyland, mm-hmm. Lion, mm-hmm. Moonlight, mm-hmm. and Silence. Oh, no. That's the Martin Scorsese movie. Martin Scorsese and Scorsese. Samurai. And Adam Driver. And Liam Neeson. All right. Okay. Isn't uh, Garfield? And Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate Samurai Lasagna. <laughs> That's the best Wait, he'd love it, actually. He yeah. hates Samurai Monday. He, he Samurai loves Monday. Samurai Lasagna. Yeah. Um. Okay, I I picked Arrival to win this. That's a um, that's a really good pick. I kind of want La La Land to win. <laughs> okay. Um. I mean, just just from the the end scene alone. But I don't know if that's if if I'm like so in love with that scene more because of the sets, though. You know. Sure. Like I don't know if it's cinematography or the sets or both. Mm. I want La La Land to win just because it's that. That scene and the the Griffith Observatory scene, which we talked about already, sure. both awesome. Um, I picked a rival to win, though. I think I think it might win over La La Land. Steve, I want Silence to win. Okay, just because it's Scorsese and Samurai. Yep, and I think I think this might be the only category it's nominated in. Um, I think La La Land is going to win. Mm. That opening ramp number, mm-hmm. that Griffith I mean, Observatory. Yeah, pretty, pretty yeah. I mean, if you think about just when the car drives up to Griffith Observatory, yeah, um, the the in- interior scenes of that with the um, pendulum swinging and the uh, Faraday cage, yep, floating I mean, around in the planetarium. Um, the I, I, I got to yeah. so. By the way, I picked La La Land to win. Yeah, it's gonna um, <laughs> uh, the scene. Uh, what is it? I don't remember. If it's called like it might be a mistake. The the scene where after the party where they're walking to her car. Yeah. Um, that whole like song dance number. Right. Um, I think is beautifully shot. Beautifully it, shot. It's one of the most beautiful like shots of kind of like boring LA. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that I've seen. They're yeah, on a is, dirt, they're on a dirt like road looking over the valley. Hollywood Hills. Hollywood Hills, yeah. LA. Like we've all been to a party at some place like that. A little fancy Disney over here. <laughs> A, a party or a shoot or a yeah, you know I whatever know. like we've all been there sure it's just it's just a not that interesting 
location. Right. Sure. Um, but they made it look beautiful. But they made it look really, really interesting and beautiful. Um, I think, like, going back to, like, some of the really unique camera work with um, where he's, like, sitting in front of that mural or yeah. um, that last sequence, that last dream sequence of the, of the film, the, yeah. the American in Paris scene. Yeah. Um, I feel just, like the John Legend concert had some really cool stuff. John Legend was really cool. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there was... what, but I remember really digging it. Her going into the to the bar and seeing him for the first time when sure. he's playing, and uh, J. Jonah Jameson's in there giving him a hard time. <laughs> um, I, I, I think I think it's all just done so well and so gracefully, yeah. I and mean, that's the key to it. So, a movie musical is like how graceful is that camera work? Yeah, um, and it's yeah, just beautiful. You have, to, you have to feel like the camera is dancing with yeah, the characters. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Arrival is a really good pick. I think the lighting and the camera work in Arrival is so specific and unique and beautiful, um, even though it's, like, stark. Mm-hmm. Like, you think about yeah. the inside of that ship, but, like, how cool does it look? How cool is the camera work in that? Um, but uh, but I think La La Land win. The one I want to win is Moonlight. Um, this this um, theme of, like, bathing these characters in blue at certain points, I think was, like, oh, really, yeah. really beautiful. This whole, like, you know, there's a conversation in there um, where uh, uh, Mahershala Ali says talks about when he was a kid um, and the moonlight bathed him in blue and the woman said, you're blue, you're blue. Um, and then they utilized that right. as a as a visual element for the film. I thought was really, really impressive. I also thought the way um, that they really like shot little yeah, and really made, I mean, he was a little kid, but they really made him seem little. And even when he was um, uh, Chiron, yeah. he, as a teen, as a teen, he still, they still shot him in a way where um, they're kind of looking down on him a lot. And then when he has his breaking point, um, it's very low angle and he's right. all of a sudden a lot bigger. Um, and then black is sort of a force we reckon with. And he is very big. Yeah. And it's just, I, I thought it was just really um, smart how they went about shooting the whole thing. Um, so, I mean, I'd like to see moonlight win because I, I thought it was um, a really soft, delicate touch in a way that like La La Land was beautiful and sweeping and stuff, Yeah. but it's so over the top sure. intentionally but so over the top that I kind of want something like soft and gentle to win. But I get you. I get you. Animated like film. It. We got Kubo and the Two Strings, Moana, My Life as a Zucchini, The Red Turtle, and Zootopia. Desiree. All right. Um, I have heard a lot of good things about Kubo. Um, so I picked that to win. Uh. But I kind of want Zootopia to win, mostly because it's the only one I've seen. Okay. <laughs> but it was really good. I really enjoyed that film. Yeah. Um, I think that it is relevant in more than one way. Like, it's not just like a kid's movie. It's not sure. just like a silly movie about animals, you sure. know. Steve, what you got? I think Moana is going to win. Okay. I want Kubo and the Two Strings to win just because it looked very exciting and I've heard extremely good things about it and I didn't have time to see it. Um, but Moana's going to win. I picked Zootopia. I think you're wrong. I think Zootopia's going to win. Um, 
it's it man there is this like thread through the entire Oscar nomination thing here this year where um you have really really relevant um topics that are going on in the world right now and Zootopia is about um inclusion and specifically not excluding certain people yeah um and uh absolutely women's rights and i think that while children will miss that i don't think adults do yeah and i think because it's so relevant i think zootopia is going to be a winner and it's a really good film it's very fun it's um it's funny it does star emmett otterton which was a nice touch. <laughs> emmett otterton. Was a very nice touch uh, zootopia um, also is like in a weird way It's weird because it's not. I don't want to say it's about minorities because it's almost like the majority. Well, it is kind of is though. Well, it's it's absolutely It's absolutely about minorities, and it's and like I said, it's absolutely about women's rights and women right. in the workplace. But like, it's a weird it's a weird thing to relate to minority because it's actually the majority population that's being suppressed in this movie. Right, like, but it's it's the, it's the but it's a majority made up of different. Different, minorities yes, right. right but the right, 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 but yeah. like like remember that like kind of like with what's happening now the majority of the population becomes oppressed be- by the exclusion of certain people right. like yeah, we yeah. all suffer when we don't include everyone or when we exclude certain groups yeah and and that hurts everyone all to gain all for some one one particular person's gain Yep. So, um, again, not to get political, but that's kind of what's going on in this film. Yeah. You can say that again. <laughs> Zootopia predicted November. You know? My ear itches. All right. Des, you want to give us actress in a supporting role? Ooh. Sure. Uh, down. Viola Davis in Fences. Mm-hmm. Saw her at a store the other day. Yeah, you did. Naomi Harris, Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Never met her. Nicole Kidman, Lion. Yeah. Octavia Spencer, Hidden Figures. Mm-hmm. Michelle Williams, Manchester by the Sea. Um, what you got? Uh, I think that Viola Davis is going to win. Why? Why do you think that? Well, <laughs> <laughs> because you heard me talking about it so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <sighs> okay. So I, I've only seen a few of these movies. I do think that Nicole Kidman and Octavia Spencer are both really good in the films Absolutely. that they're in. Absolutely. Um, I know probably mostly from you talking about it that Viola Davis being in this category is maybe a little bit controversial. Mm, Certainly for me. Controversy. uh, I I think that you and some other people feel that she maybe should have been in the actress in a leading role category. Mm -hmm. And that maybe gives her an edge in the supporting role category. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. Maybe. So I think that she's going to win. I think that I'd rather see Octavia Spencer win. Mm. Okay. I, 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 I laughed because I was like, I was waiting for you to say Nicole Kidman and I was going to make like a joke like, oh, you'd rather the white woman win. <laughs> but you didn't, you didn't do it, so it so threw me off. Nicole Kidman is very good in Lion, but I feel like it's a very typical slightly older white woman role. No, you're you're right. Like it's a very typical like mother. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Role. Um but Octavia Spencer I think is funny in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think she's also strong, you know? Like she leads the rest of the supporting women in that 
Yeah, I'm really torn about Octavia Spencer. I I really liked her in this. I like her in everything. There's a part of me that that thought the character even was Dinner for Schmucks. I have not seen Dinner for Schmucks, well, but I mean, I like her in everything I've seen her in. She's great. Um, there's something that feels like, in some ways, this character was a little bit of a caricature. Like, like the sassy, um, wise black woman. Yeah, you know, I, like, I get that, but I like. But I, she's good in it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, and I think that I I liked the character in general mm-hmm. because she's so proactive. Right. Like she she knows what her disadvantages are, and she is taking every possible step that she can to not just make sure that she overcomes those, but that yeah, that's a good point. all the people around her that's a really good point. Overcome she, that. She definitely takes care of everyone in that film. Yeah, I mean, she. Well, you know, like the white ladies in that film are like. Well, I guess we're getting replaced by computers. <laughs> and she's like, no, fuck that. Like, you know. Language. So, so sorry. Um, nah, I don't fucking care. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, it may be more that I just like her character, but I do. I think she, you know, I wouldn't like that character as much if she didn't play him, her very well. So That's a really great point. Like if, if a, a, I don't want to say a lesser actress, but uh, <laughs> somebody that didn't give as good a performance did that character, maybe it would be, it really would be a caricature. And, but when you have somebody yeah. as talented as Octavia Spencer, maybe it's not. What if Beyonce played that character? Maybe it would feel very stunty. Okay. Yeah. Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, I like her, all right. What if... She's a bit of a force to be reckoned with. Meryl Streep had played that. Well, well, it would have been pretty controversial. <laughs> yeah. You're telling me. All right, what you got, Steve? Um, I think Viola Davis is going to win, mm-hmm. mostly because I saw her at the store the other day. Yeah. I want <laughs> Michelle fine. Williams to win just because uh, I've been in love with her since Dawson's Creek, and if I get to watch her accept an Oscar, I'll be happy. Yeah. Um, I'm that shallow sometimes. I think Viola Davis is going to win. We've talked about why... I. Have my feelings on this topic already many yeah. times. Um, if she wasn't in this, yeah, I don't. I I, I think the person that I want to win would win. Sure. Naomi Harris from Moonlight. Mm. Um, holy cow! What a transformation for her. Um, really, really powerful performance. She's the only actress in all three parts of the film. That's true. Huh? Um. Uh. Janelle Monae's in the first and the last part. No, she's in the first and the second. Her first and the second. Yeah, that's right. You yeah. just hear about her in the third part. Right. He mentions her, or the other guy mentions her, Kevin or somebody mentions her. Mentions her. Oh, um, so, yeah, I um, I really think Naomi Harris would have would have taken it. But, All right. And that's who I want to win. Um, I thought Octavia, Octavia Spencer was fine. I thought Michelle Williams was fine. Nicole Kidman, fine. Sports um, Trump. Interestingly... Um, when you compare the amount of screen time that Viola Davis has, I, I got to think that she had much more screen time than a lot of these other women. Ah. And like, that's, that's sort of what like eats at me is like, she, she got a lot of opportunity to show her range and show her strength. Um, whereas like Nicole Kidman does not female in the movie. Michelle Williams is only in like two, three scenes of, of Manchester by the sea. Yeah. And they're, they're all short scenes. Right. Maybe she's in a little more. There's the outside scene where she's screaming, but, um, uh, yeah, she's not in very much, and where she's in, she doesn't have a lot to do. Yeah, she does like a couple things really powerfully, right? But she doesn't get a ton. Yeah, she's so, a supporting actress in that. She's movie. really, really supporting. Whereas like Viola Davis is lead, really a lead. You can say it. Yeah, she's really a lead. 
Steve, you want to give us actress in a leading role? The nominees for actress in a leading role are Isabel Huppert for Elle, Ruth Nega for Loving, Natalie Portman for Jackie, Emma Stone for La La Land, and Dame Meryl Streep for Florence Foster Jenkins. She's not a dame, is she? Uh, Viola Davis kept calling her Dame Streep at the Golden Globes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think she's. I don't think she can be a dame because unless she's, she's not British, right? Brit- well, I dame think she UK. can like be damed, but then they're not allowed to say it. Like a, an American could be knighted, but he he still wouldn't be referred to as Sir. Sir. Gotcha. Randy Quaid. Sir Randy Quaid. <laughs> well, that's amazing that you picked Randy Quaid. All right, Des. <laughs> Who'd you pick? Me? Oh, Desi, yes. Desi. Oh, um, okay. I think... Okay, I've only seen one of these films. All right. It was La La Land, obviously. Um, I just am guessing maybe Meryl Streep will win this just because I know she's a really good actress. Interesting. Like I said, no. I mean, have that's not seen any of these. She got what sixteen nominations yeah, and two wins already. She is a. She is a. She is. She's forced to be reckoned with. A perennial, yeah. Oscar nominee. Yeah. I mean, so every I, I feel time like she acts, she gets nominated. I feel like she's maybe a safe bet since I sure. haven't seen most of these. Sure. Um, I kind of want Emma Stone to win. Okay. Um, if. For nothing else than her performance of audition, you want you want her to be called two-time Oscar winner Emma Stone. Wait, what did she win for? Did before? she win for Birdman? I think so. Right. Good grief. I've seen. Just, I've watched so many Academy Awards. I can't keep it all straight anymore. Yeah, I mean, audition that that song, audition. Like, I think she performs it really well, and I think that it, it could have not been as impactful. Yeah. If it was not as good an actress. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think Natalie Portman will probably win playing Jackie. Iconic. Iconic, real life, a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a liberal hero, you could say, being Kennedy's mm-hmm. wife and all. Um, I want uh, Ruth Nega to win for Loving because I okay. think Loving is a very – powerful story it's based on a true story there have already been i think two other movies done based on this i think one was a theatrical release one might have been straight to tv maybe a premium channel um i didn't see it but i really like what she does on agents of shield so i'm (laughs) just gonna go ahead and assume that if she did this and got nominated she's probably doing pretty good for an academy award nomination she kind of came out of nowhere right like absolutely i'd never seen her until agents of shield right now she's in this and she's nominated that's That says something right there. Who, who is she in Shield? I don't know who this is. She was. She was in the, season one. The girl in the flower dress. That the girl in the flower oh, dress. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you did your both. Yeah, I did my both. Uh, I just picked Emma Stone. Giggity. Just straight picked Emma Stone. All right. I don't think I would pick any of these other women over her. Um. Uh, Let me tell you. After not, you go see Jackie, you may or may not change your mind. Not, not necessarily <laughs> the audition. Um, song I'll tell you what um, the scene where Seb comes home from tour and they have dinner mm-hmm. and they have oh, the fight yeah that is a really good scene um, right sure that is what, what I love about that is she's so true to her character but shows 
emotion like we haven't seen for that character the entire film. I can agree with that. Um, except maybe a little bit, you get a little bit of the frustration when she does the original auditions. Um, yeah. But it's it's a huge turning point for that character, and she just nails the scene. And I, I she she nails the whole movie. Um, but that scene in particular, like really sells it to me. So, um, I just picked just Emma Stone. If Viola Davis was in this category, I would pick Viola Davis over Emma Stone. Yeah. And she'd win. Yep. Interestingly, right here, Troy. Interestingly, I, I could actually see a world where she doesn't win supporting actress, Viola Uh Davis. Um, and it would be really interesting if she doesn't win because she absolutely would win if she was an actress, if she was in the main actress category. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be an interesting Oscars. I'll, I'll do this one, and then, Steve, you can do the last one. Uh, actor in a supporting role, Mahershala Ali for Moonlight, Jeff Bridges, Hell or High Water, Lucas Hedges, Manchester by the Sea, Dev Patel, Lion, and Michael Shannon for Nocturnal Animals. Um, Des? Um, I went with Dev Patel on this one, which huh? is an yeah. interesting one because he's almost kind of a main character. Except that he's the, only in like half the film, yeah. right? And it's it's like m- almost more about the the child version of that character. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because it's, it's kind of like half and half. Yeah. So no, is right. he supporting or is he lead? I guess he's supporting. I guess they support each other. Uh, it's a bit of a gray area for me. Yeah. But um, I picked him anyway. I thought he was really fantastic in it. Um, I loved the kid version of him. The, the yeah. little, the little, little kid. Yeah. The, uh, I'm not gonna say his name because I can't remember. It's okay. Exactly how to say it, but so cute. But also, like, I mean, for such a, a small child, Saru, Saru, Saru. <laughs> for such yeah. a small child, like, oh, you know. really get a lot of emotion out of that kid. I thought. Yeah. But he's not nominated. Yeah, that, that's your that's your your pick total. That would tell you. Yep. Okay. Uh, I think Mahershala Ali is going to win for Moonlight. Mm-hmm. I want Michael Shannon to win for Nocturnal Animals, just because uh, I enjoy his antics and I want to see what he's going to do when he gets on stage to accept an Oscar. He's really freaking talented, <laughs> that dude. Yeah, he I just, just watched really Groundhog is. Day the other day, and I was like, you know what? All the way back then, he still had it. I didn't know he was in Groundhog Day. We had really? this conversation before. I feel like we've had this conversation. Uh, of all things, I feel like we've had this conversation before. Are you having a Groundhog Day? You know Groundhog right now? Day very well, right? No, not very well. I've only seen oh. it once. Well, when, at I, the when, I was, like, when it first end, came out, is when I saw it at the big party at the very end. Yeah, he is in the couple that uh, that uh, Phil gives. Don't, don't remember WrestleMania tickets to. I re- don't, I don't remember that. Uh, oh, I remember. Well, watch it again. It's I always remember, worth. Don't drive angry. Yeah, I remember that. I remember. Uh, Watch, you don't watch, watch Groundhog step. Day every February second. Watch the step; it's a doozy. It's that one, yeah, I remember Steven that. Tobolowski, baby. Yeah, but I don't really remember most of it. I'm, I remember piano lessons or something. He takes pl- piano yeah. lessons, and I remember Andy McDowell in the on the green screen at the beginning of the film, right? A blue screen, blue but screen. Yes. yeah, but yeah. Chrome Groundhog Day is like probably one of the most everybody can enjoy this kind of movies ever made. Yeah. Watch it every Groundhog Day. Okay, Hedgehog Day. Or at least day. within that week. We prefer to call it Hedgehog Day. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because it was originally Hedgehog Day. And well, they now changed it's Groundhog it, Day. They changed it to Groundhog well, Day. Well, 
I think in England it probably it's still, still is Hedgehog Day. day. Oh. But when the, when Americans adopted it, we don't we don't think we don't no have that many hedgehogs. Here. We're a groundhog we're nation. So yeah, they changed it to a. I had a hedgehog. Uh, hey, the the New York Yankees used to be the Baltimore Orioles. Things change, bro. Watch Groundhog Day. <laughs> You're just making stuff up. Look now. into it, man. I lost a trivia. I lost ten thousand dollars at a trivia contest a couple weeks ago because of this darn. What team used to be which team? And according to them, the New York Yankees used to be the Baltimore Orioles. Okay. And one team got it all right, and they won ten thousand bucks. All right. So all right. was that your two jerks? What did I say? Maher Shala Ali. Yes. And Michael, and Michael Shannon. Shannon. Yes. Um, I just picked Maher Shala Ali. I really hope I'm saying his name right. Um, Sounds right. Uh, I I just thought his performance was really good. Um, yeah. I really liked sort of the duality of his character that like he that sounded really like pretentious. Yeah. Um, I liked that he played sort of a, a little bit of a thug, like he played like a drug dealer guy, yeah. and at the same time he played a guy who just really cared about a young man and him having being taken care of, like having the right kind of care. Right. Um, and kind of like Emma Stone, there's like one moment that really sold me. And that's also at a table. Uh-huh. Um, when, uh, little asks him, um, if he sells, if he's the one who sells crack to his mother. Yeah. And just this like moment that like, he knows he's doing the wrong thing, but it's like who he is at this point. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't, you know, you can tell he doesn't think he can change, but, um, that the conversation about being blue, um, teaching the kid to swim, which from what I understand, he actually was teaching the, the, the real kid how to swim. The real oh, actor. Wow. He didn't know how to swim. Uh-huh. Um, teach your kids to swim, everybody. So yeah, but I just think it's kind of sweet that, that, that kind of happened in the movie. That's that awesome. They, they caught it on film. Um, yeah, I just uh, there's again, Moonlight is one of these movies that's sort of about this like hard criminal rough thing, but like they shoot these true real Miami neighborhoods that are really like um poor um definitely like drug influenced and prostitution influenced neighborhoods. They're the real neighborhoods. Yeah. They really shot them, but they, everything is a soft touch in this film. They still found a way to like make them look like Miami and they still found a way to make them look beautiful and yeah. like kind of bright and colorful. Um, I'm talking about the movie in general now, but, but I thought along with that, uh, Maharshala Ali was very light in how he dealt with this character, like sure. very, very thoughtful and considerate. So he's my pick. All right. Actor in a leading role? Do it. Do it, Steve. The nominees. It's our last one. And our final category for the night for actor in a leading role are Casey Affleck, Manchester by the Sea, Andrew Garfield, Hags <laughs> Ridge, Ryan the Ling Gosling, La La Land, Vigo Mortensen, Captain Fantastic, and Denzel Washington, Fences. Desiree, last chance. What you got? All right. Um, just because I have heard so much about it, I haven't seen it, but uh, just because I've heard so much about it and I know that this movie is so dialogue heavy and so focused <laughs> on such a small amount of characters, I picked Denzel Washington, Fences. Okay. This is going to come as a huge surprise. Uh-huh. Of these five... The most deserving of a leading actor Oscar 
is Denzel Washington in fences. Yeah. Casey Affleck, a pretty close second, but yeah. he, there's a lot of controversy yeah. around him right now. Yeah, he, Affleck was really good and, in it. Yeah, he did great work in that movie, but the bottom line is Washington's going to get it. If he doesn't, I will be extremely surprised. Um, I also picked Denzel Washington. I agree. Casey Affleck was is probably like a close second. Viggo Mortensen is really good. Yeah. Um, I... I'm impressed with Ryan Gosling. I mean, I always like Ryan Gosling, but like the fact that he learned how to play all the songs. That's pretty and, awesome. I mean, as an actor, he did all he, his own dancing, he, right? Yeah, as an actor, did all his own flying in that mm, one scene. Not as much. I heard they learned to fly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as an actor, that's like doing putting in the work is yeah. really really important. And and in some senses, I really like Ryan Gosling, but I don't think he has a chance in this category. Yeah, um, with the other at- nominees. Andrew Garfield is so over the top mm. in Hacksaw Ridge and so kind of hokey that, like, it would be hard for me to see him winning. Mm. Um, I hear he's way, way better in silence. All right. Um, I don't think it's Andrew Garfield's fault, though. Sure. I think it was intended to be over the top. So in some ways, it's like, well, it's what it was intended, so maybe you should get mm. it. But I, I think Denzel has them beaten, hands down, kind of what Desi said, a lot of dialogue. Yeah. Um, and the way he delivers it, he's freaking Denzel Washington. He right. knows how to deliver a line. Right. Um, that movie's all about conversation. So, uh, yeah, go Denzel. All right. That's go it. For it. That's we did it. it. We got through all 19 categories. And if you were playing at home, uh, sorry. Well, you know, also, uh, be sure to watch the Oscars and find out who was right and who was wrong. Yeah. I mean, we're all right in some ways, I bet. I bet we get well, we all I mean, get some of these things right. When it turns out who wins, then we'll know when we're right and wrong. I'd be surprised. It'd be really interesting if if one of us got every single one of them wrong. I mean, it was me. I got every single one of them. No, right. you didn't get every single. I can one. see the future. You voted for La La Land enough that you're going to get one of them right. <laughs> I remember being at an Oscar party a few uh, years ago where somebody broke out the the score sh- sheets. Yeah, and I filled mine out real quick before it started, and I think I got. I think I got all the performance ones and directing and whatnot and writing right. Yeah. But, like, I didn't get, like, editing or costume and any of that right. Yeah. That's the closest I've ever we, got. We have in the past done a system like this, but d- assign points to it. Oh. So you get, like, let's say you get uh, three points for a correct pick. All right. But one point for your want if your want gets picked instead. And if you did both of them, then you get four points. If, all like, right. If it's the same pick. That's pretty kick, eh? Yeah. It's, it's fun to do it that way. I agree. Well, uh, let's draw. Let's draw out of the bucket. Oh, oh yeah, the bucket. Can I do it? Um, the bucket. Yeah, oh, there you can it is. do it. I'll let you read it, but I want to pull it out of the. Uh, I'll let you read it. Hold on. Let me get it for you here. Okay. I, like the, I like to get the microphone in there. I know you. I gotta get all up in this bucket. <laughs> get all up in this bucket. <laughs> you got a bucket. Are you guys ready? Yep. Is the anticipation killing you? I don't know if I'm ready. Not yet. I don't know if I can handle it. I mean, I kind of... It's Dune. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, my wife is just pushing buttons tonight. Now I know why we all get along. Uh, it is Tootsie. 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 I've never seen Tootsie. Never, ever. Never seen Tootsie. I Dustin Hoffman. I don't think I've seen it either. Terry Gar. Uh-oh. We're too loud. Uh-oh. Our roommate's trying to sleep. We're about to end this podcast. Sorry, buddy. Never seen Tootsie. Never seen Tootsie. Debney Coleman, the yeah. chief from Carmen San Diego. Okay, <laughs> I know her. Bill Murray. Uh huh. 
I didn't know Bill Murray was in it. I already said Terry Gar. Gina Davis. Okay. And you've never seen Tootsie. Never seen Tootsie. Does uh, does any does does Gina Davis indeed have? Does she does she have Betty Davis eyes? Oh, I don't know if it's possible to tell because she spends a lot of the movie <laughs> in her underwear. So what you're saying is, I don't think you weren't many, looking at her eyes. No, I don't think anybody was looking at her eyes. Not that they aren't lovely eyes, but I just don't know if they're Betty Davis eyes. What? Why are you looking at me like that, Wes? Reference not approved. She does have Greta Garbo standoff size. Okay. But might not have Betty Davis eyes. Let's end this thing before the roommate kills us. All the boys do think she's a spy. All right. Steve? Everybody watch the Oscars. And then watch uh, Tootsie. Watch Tootsie. Be sure to view the right thing. Tweet at us at VTRT Movies. Yes, yeah, so you can also at, see our Instagram there. Tweet at me solo at Steve in North Hollywood or no, ooh, Steve in No Ho Wood. No Ho I North like Hollywood, guys. tweeting a lot. <laughs> what else is there? That's that's about it. Um, fight the power. <laughs> fight the power. Fight the power. Oh man, Radio Raheem. Okay, yeah. we're you gonna just. We're gonna, no, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> We're calling it everyone. Have a good night or good day, night, whatever you're watching this. Uh, enjoy some movies and bon cinema.